Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to this Easter edition of RPG Digest. In this live stream format podcast, we, nay, nay to the we, I discuss tabletop role-playing games and comment on the RPG hobby as a whole. I am your solo host today, John Maxlioslo, the only person you need on your streams ever. I'm your favorite, because I'm the only. We're going to go with that today. All right, let's get that off the screen. Bam, here I am in all my full screen glory. So uh, happy Easter, and how's everybody doing today? By the way, uh, just... Okay, that thunder is coming through. <laughs> um, I usually lose power when I have thunderstorms. So just going to give you a heads up right now. Normally, Heathen Dog's here with me. Uh, and then if I get kicked out, I can come back in. I don't know if that's going to be the case this time. I don't know how StreamYard works. If I get kicked out, I will try to come back depending on how long the power is out. Usually it goes out for five to ten seconds, comes back. I wait for the router, reconnect, you know, and there we go. So uh, we'll see. If it becomes too problematic, well, then just the stream might just have to do what it does. On the Friday Night Chill stream, 30 seconds after I ended it, my power went out. <laughs> so uh, at least I waited till I was done. That's nice. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Heathen Dog is out doing family Easter stuff, which I find the irony of that just amazing because uh, Heathen Dog is not a religious person at all. I'm way more religious than him. I don't necessarily consider myself, you know, hardcore religious, uh, but uh, but he is, you know, it's family oriented. So he's doing he's doing the stuff that he needs to do with his family today. So that's all good. So you just get me. It's just me. Uh, I don't expect that there are going to be a lot of people watching today, because I think a lot of people did say they're doing uh, Easter festivities, which is a good thing. Spend time with your friends and family, not with some weirdo who's going to shout at you on the internet. So, <laughs> It was a great stream, Shadow and Sun. I was happy to have you there. Thank you very much. Uh, Sir Coffee, good day to you as well. Hungry Ewok, happy Easter. He is risen. One-legged frock. Woot. It's good to see everybody here. Patrick Fitzpatrick. Some of you guys, I think I was just responding to, I haven't responded to comments on the YouTube channel in like, I don't know, three or four weeks. I got over a hundred comments I've got to respond to. Uh, I finally started responding to some of them today. So uh, only one comment made me angry, which is unusual. Usually a lot of them do. There are people challenging me. That's fine. Challenge me. I have your own thoughts. That's all good. Um, but uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, anybody that complains about Thacko just gets under my skin. Like, I would never use Thacko. Why? Like, is it the best system ever? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't sit here and say it's the best system ever. But if you're intimidated by it, I have nothing but insults for you. It's, it's you know, second grade math. If you can't figure that out, 
That was the only person that actually made me angry. So if I responded to you and I seemed grumpy, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, sorry, Darthy, didn't mean to send the storms your way. Although I'd prefer them to be there than here. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got going on? Uh, well, actually, how do I normally? I usually ask Heathen Dog how his weeks was going. How his weeks was going? There we go. There's English for you. Uh, how his week was going? Uh, so I'll tell you a little bit about my week. What was my week? My week was a bunch of staring at my grass. Still, it's growing. I have baby grass growing. Yay! Little sproutlings. <laughs> Making up all types of words here. Um, do, 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 do. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think. Trying to think. Trying to think. I mean, this week has just been kind of preparing for a little bit for today a little bit for wednesday which i'll talk about in a little bit um just kind of catching up you know work is what it is um you know yeah i mean nothing exciting happened this last week that was a good thing i'm starting to get back into the, the swing of things i still have to water my yard twice a day i still have to you know uh, deal with deal with real life issues you know sometimes i put those off a little too far and then i have to scramble right at the end it's just my nature I tend to work better under pressure. Not not pressure of somebody yelling at me. I usually I, I tend to work better under time crunches. Before then I I overthink things. So maybe that's what somebody needs to do with my book. You got till June. Ah! <laughs> you know, something like that. I just wouldn't listen because it's my book, not yours. But anyway. That goes the way. There you go. Look, I, I mean the thing is about, you know, with that when somebody's like, Yeah, I I just prefer ascending armor class to descending armor class, I'm like, okay, that makes sense objectively it's easier to you know add than to use all the modifiers and add subtract divide you know i i, I get it like, but when anybody's like that goes stupid it's it's the worst thing ever well then i'm just like you're a re you're a retard so no <laughs> uh it's a product of its times that's the other thing it's a product of its times it's just like when people want to take out alignments in dungeons and dragons like it's a product of its times you want to make your own thing. Chris Gonerman's a perfect example with basic fantasy. He didn't like that. He didn't like descending armor class. He sent me a couple messages about that. Um, he just, you know, he made his own game. Good on you, Chris Gonerman. I know a lot of people who play your game too. Oh, good stuff. That's basic fantasy, by the way, if anybody doesn't know. Sorry, I should have said that. Um, so, all right. And I'll, not a long introduction today because I really don't have too much else to say other than, you know, check out the Friday stream if you want to. Oh, I didn't put, oh my God, I didn't put anybody's links in there. I oh, can't do it now. I have to do it after this stream. I for, completely forgot to put people's stream links in there. Dang it. So I have to get back to that. Uh, I mean, it was a longer stream. I was planning to end at midnight and it went until like 2.30 in the morning, but you know. So, hey, Claudio Palmieri, how are you doing today? We have the Roman Inquisition here. <laughs> so. Uh, Garma also did Iron Falcon, which uses decent. Did he? Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Well, he said uh, the messages he sent. So he sent me some messages after the Clownfish TV dust up like a year or so ago, um, and it was just a quick comment. And he essentially, I, you know, I, I don't like to you know read off DMs, so we'll just say that the uh, the essential part of that was uh, that he preferred ascending AC that he struggled with descending AC. Okay. Made his own game. He's allowed to do that. He can make his own game. Well, like I said, the only people I get mad at when it's like, yo, you, I, let me guess, you like Thacko too. Oh my God, it's so unintuitive. 20 minus 12 is unintuitive. <laughs> so. All right, what do we got? What do we got going on? What is RPG Digest? RPG Digest is conversations about the TTRPG hobby. Truthful but opinionated. It's your truth. It's not the truth. Oh, shut up. 
information you need to hear, not what you want to hear. We're not an echo chamber for the idiots. We're not even an echo chamber for ourselves. I got called a hypocrite last week about uh, the inappropriate characters uh, stuff. <laughs> I talked about that a little bit on Friday, uh, so I won't go into it here. Maybe I am. I don't know. And if you don't like our commentary, you can come into segment three. Yeah, that goes a way, not the way. There you go, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. And it's not a bad way either. It just is a way. Yep. And I don't like our commentary. Come in segment three and tell us why. Tell me why. It's all about me today. Me, 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 me. Selfishness at the extreme. And always remember, hashtag RPGate. When you play Dungeons and Dragons or Heroes Unlimited or lesbian was it thirsty sword lesbians it is about escapism not representation it's about entertainment over activism and organic diversity through natural inclusion yes if somebody wants to play a game with you and that person isn't a detriment to your table by disagreeing with the first two or forgetting to shower every day let that person play have fun at your table do those things that, uh, that you enjoy and you know play uh was it uh play make-believe um Play make-believe with your little metal dolls and clickety-clack math rocks. That's what it's about. Links, you can come by our, our website. More people have been signing up on our Discord. Thank you very much. Got somebody in there talking a lot about GURPS, and I really like that. I'm not a GURPS like, proponent, like, oh, yes, GURPS is the best thing ever, but I like seeing some of the other games talked about and continue to be talked about after more than just one post. So that was good. We have a lot of different little channels in there where people could talk about games of all types. I can add more channels if you want me to. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to see that moving forward. So uh, thank you to folks for making the Discord um, a little bit more active, especially since I don't have to respond to everything. I like that. And of course, you can buy our stuff on Redbubble. If you like the shirts that I wear here, if you like some of the other ones, if you like, hey, we have family-friendly shirts. We have offensive shirts. We have shirts in the middle, all related to Legion of Myth. RPG Digest or The Hobby. Check them out on the Redbubble store. And you don't have to get a shirt. You can get a sticker. You can get a mug. You can get a duvet cover. You cannot get panties for the people who keep asking for that. That was on our own, our old spread shop store. Um, I don't know why you would want that anyway, but if you do, you'd have to go back to that old store. GURPS is the way. There you go. <laughs> oh, is you? Okay. Is that you? I see people change their names all over the place. I can never remember who anybody is. <laughs> uh, I'm that person in business that is really bad. And I say this specifically about business because it happens all the time in the nature of work that I'm in. Where it's like, oh, you remember such and such? Like, nope. You just met him two weeks ago. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, like, I'll see somebody be like, I think I know that guy. No clue what his name is. Dude, you talk about him all the time. I do. <laughs> you know, just, like, I am very bad. And then now you got the internet with the... Uh, People can change their usernames and, uh, you know, make slight deviations. Like, usually if you want me to remember you, you got to piss me off. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I, actually, my main account, Kevin, is my legal name. Like, my, my, le uh, my main YouTube account. I used to put videos on there until YouTube said they could kick me off for my opinions. And I'm like, well, I need that for business, so no. Uh, but uh, sometimes people will see me watching. And I do a lot of commenting with my personal account because I tend to watch. My tablet has my personal account. So when I watch a video on my personal account, uh, like, you know, get ready for work in the morning or something, I do a comment. It's from that one. So I get you. I get you. And you can watch our videos on Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube, Twitch. And if you want to donate to us, by the way, got a lot of donations on Friday for a small channel like ours. Thank you very much to those people who gave us the super chats, those who popped in with the memberships. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, so thank you very much. I know, you know, uh, 
people again today or going to be spending time with friends, family, uh, it's great. You know, do that. Spend time with friends and family. But if you're here, thank you. Appreciate it. And if you donate, even, you know, much more thanks for that because you don't have to do that. Our stream schedule. We're streaming right now. It's Sunday. Streaming right now, RPG Digest. On Thursday at 8.30, special time, Heathen Dog plays a co-op video game. I don't know what they did on Thursday. I gotta be honest with you. I don't, I don't remember what they did on Thursday. On Friday, maybe they didn't even have a stream. I'm not sure. On Friday, I will be back with the Friday Night Chill stream. And on Saturday, Heathen Dog, are they going back to Gunfire Reborn or are they playing DDO, uh, Dungeons Dragons Online? Yes, they played Dungeons Dragons Online. I caught most of it. And uh, it seemed like it was fun. So, uh, Silence everything says GURPS isn't bad. No, I, I, I played it one time. It, it's, it's not fair for me to judge it. Um, I seem to like it, though. From what I remember, I liked it. I guess it could get crunchy. You know, maybe it's too crunchy for some people that want to min-max everything. I, I don't know. I find Champions is more crunchy than, uh, than, than GURPS, but, you know, your mileage may vary. A specials. I have a wall of GURPS. You know, I'm debating whether 2023 should be the year of GURPS. That's a lot of system. That's a lot of setting books, though. So I don't know if it's that important, but I do want to cover GURPS in depth. One for my own edification. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a third edition book, but that's it. Anyway, this Wednesday coming up, I will be hosting Gatekeepers, or I should actually say Legion of Myth will be hosting Gatekeepers. The topic for this Gatekeepers is going to be Druids. So what happened was, is somebody at work came to me and said, uh, you know, I want to play a Druid that isn't some sort of hippie communist extremist wait what or actually i think he said or not you know combine all that together i was like that's not how druids are played and then i talked with another person and another person uh and i was like wait a second here now that i think about it am i wrong in this and i look back at the druids of the games that i was in yeah almost everybody i see play a druid is either some sort of hippie communist where it's like just do the weed man it's all okay bruh yeah nature dude or it's somebody who's like, did you cut a branch off a tree? I shall kill you. You will ruin the, ruin the day and I will crush your family and your lineage for seven generations to come. You know, it's like, wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, I actually have seen a lot of that. So I decided, you know, that's a great topic for gatekeepers. So hopefully we'll get some of the guys on there. We will talk about what it means to play a druid, different styles of druid. It's not so much a mechanics thing, although we might talk a little bit about mechanics, about how that can exemplify some of those concepts. It's going to be more of a concept of like, hey, how can you be a nature lover, you know, animal hippie, save the whales kind of person without being some sort of weirdo extremist? So psychotic druid is perceived yeah that that's i didn't believe that but uh, i had to go back in my own history and say yeah, i think you're right so and finally want to thank our monetary backers those of us or those of you who subscribe who send us cheers members and super chats and who back us on locals who give us tips and donate through paypal by the way for anybody who cares if you are thinking about donating to us paypal is by far the best way because uh twitch takes 50 percent youtube takes 30 percent uh Baldhar says, Max, in, Max is a real-life druid hippie tree hugger, watering his lawn twice a day. I have to, man. Well, today I don't, because I got storms, thank God. But, you know. So there we go. There we go. Let me get prepared for, for El Segmento 1-0. That's Spanish for Segment 1. Okay. Share the screen. Today we're going to be talking about Palladium Combat, and I'm not going to have Heathen Dog to correct me, so this is going to be a really bad segment. We have all types of errors and faux pas. 
Fox Pouse. Um, go, that's on the screen there. We'll zoom in in a moment. Let me get ready for segment one by doing... All right, today for segment one, we're going to cover the combat rules. I think Heathen Doug's pretty... <laughs> not annoyed, that's not the right word. He's like, ah, oh, again? Uh, yeah, again. And the reason is because maybe you didn't watch our Palladium Fantasy video. Maybe you didn't watch our uh, Mechanoids video. You're here for just the Heroes Unlimited content. Well, that's what you're going to get. Heroes Unlimited content. So we're going to cover combat again, but it's going to seem like the first time to you. <laughs> Uh, get that off the screen there. Get that on there. We go in comments. I'll have to look at comments over that way. Okay, uh, let's catch up on just a uh, last couple of comments here. Hey, Charlotte Williams, how you doing today? Wouldn't mind more GURPS videos. Yeah, I would have to know more about GURPS. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think it's one of those that's a larger game system that we should cover more. Omen Owl, hello, hello is keeping balance yeah that's kind of what they're supposed to do i I've, I've got some it, we'll do that on wednesday so i've got definitely some uh some ideas on that now not to be fair we'll be going to be talking in a dungeons and dragons concept not some sort of weird druid from you know some book that four people read you know <laughs> uh but today today we're talking about heroes unlimited we're gonna be talking about the combat in heroes unlimited so uh let me see what page i have to start on because it's kind of a long section, and I want to get through this. So combat rule starts on page 63. Ooh, can I F11 this thing? Yes, I can. Uh, combat. All right, and let's zoom in on this. I am not going to read everything word for word. Because uh, one of the things I really want to focus on in this version a little bit more than maybe we did in like Played in Fantasy is I want to make sure we cover the vehicle combat. There's not a lot to it, comparatively speaking, but I want to make sure that it is talked about. But before we get there, we have to know how to handle basic combat. There are going to be some references in here for videos we have not created yet. It's just, you know, Heathen Dog's not here, and I want him here for the power categories because he knows them so much better than me. And uh, also having somebody to bounce ideas off is just much better. Combat, and yeah, we're pretty much it. So here we go. Palladium combat system is relatively simple, quick, and realistic. I don't know about that realistic portion of it. In fact, it's one of the few times you're going to see that in writing because he likes to say it's cinematic, cinematic, cinematic. And I would, I would say you should think of it as more cinematic than realistic, okay? Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. In fact, I think that's what's preferable or more beneficial for a game. So let's think of it as cinematic, all right? It has been thoroughly play tested and has appeared in a dozen different RPGs with great success. I feel like he's being defensive here. <laughs> it's designed to be fast movie, moving and easy to understand. All combat moves, strikes, parries, dodges, etc. are resolved by rolling a 20-sided die. For people who say that Palladium is difficult, oh my God, it's so difficult. I have to roll percentile dice for this and D20 for that. I'll... Are you fighting or are you using a skill? If you're fighting, it's a D20. If you're using a skill, it's percentile dice. Uh, all right. So first thing you do is you determine initiative. You roll that d20. Well, actually, let's go back. Anytime opponents scrap for battle, the game master must determine who has the initiative. In other words, who will attack first? Successful sneak attacks or long-range attacks. This one always throws me off because I always remember the, uh, the sneak attack one when I'm running my uh, TMNT games, but I always forget about this long-range attack one. We'll always have initiative for the melee round for 15 seconds. Otherwise, whoever rolls the highest on a 20-sided die will attack first. In the case of a tie, re-roll. I don't do that, personally. 
I don't do the reroll thing. I say if your number's the same, then you have uh, simultaneous action. It can happen. It's like a 5% chance. Maybe even a little less if you consider that people often have bonuses. So, um, uh, Initiative is rolled only once per melee round. You have multiple actions. It'll be written on your character sheet how many actions you have per round based on your character's hand-to-hand skills. So yes, uh, you roll initiative once. You'll do those multiple actions. Game masters like to do it differently. Uh, some people do it around Robin until everybody's gone through the action. Some people say make all your attacks now, save up whatever you want for defense, and leave it at that. You know, uh, your, again, your mileage may vary. Uh, what works for your table. Now, step two. Uh, next, first attacker roll 20-sided die. If the result is a four or less counting bonuses, the attacker misses. There's going to be a caveat to this later, but let's keep it simple for now. If you roll one, two, three, four on a 20-sided die, you miss. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say the roll because it's not natural. It's counting bonuses. If the result of the roll plus bonuses is a one, two, three, or four, you missed. Anything above that is a hit. And then we'll get into the defenses in a moment here. Now, there's body armor. We've talked about armor before, but we got to do it again because this is the combat section. A hard armor vest has an AR, so an armor rating, of 12. This means the attacker must roll a 13 or higher to penetrate the armor and inflict damage directly to the body. So, if the person rolls a, between a 5 and a 12, the result is a 5 or a 12. I, I got to stop saying roll here. I want to be accurate. So, if the result of the roll plus bonuses is a 5 to a 12, the damage is applied directly to just the armor. And armor will have its own SDC rating, structural damage capacity rating. Uh, think of it as like an object's hit points. So here we go. 5 to 12 usually strike, unless parried, but would only inflict damage to body armor. Yes. Hard vest has 50 SDC. When all the SDC of the armor is destroyed, reduced to zero, the armor is so tattered it no longer affords any protection. And that's true for anything from body armor to doors to cinder blocks to car doors, whatever. Uh, once it reaches zero, it's, a, it's ineffective. It may still exist in some form or another, but it is in effect. Any attacks that are five or higher strike and do damage to the character's body unless they're parried or dodged. Again, this is not counting armor. Armor, is, you know, if for this example here, 13 has, uh, has to be a 13 in order to damage the body. So let's look at this in simple terms. You're not wearing armor. One to four misses, five and above hits. You are wearing armor. One to four misses, five to whatever the armor rating hits the armor only. Anything above the armor rating hits the person inside. The, the little, the crunchy nougat on the inside of that armor. So, natural armor is similar but different. The main difference is with natural armor, this is a, tar, this is a game term, which is why it's capitalized, is that natural armor doesn't degrade. So there's no SDC rating for that that you can finally punch through. Natural armor is just there it will always be the same so where this armored vest can finally degrade natural armor cannot okay so what happens if you've been hit well you can choose to parry dodge or entangle i see very few people doing the entangle uh before i move on to actually i'm going to check comments out when i get through this uh this little section here so those of you who are commenting i'm not ignoring you i just have to come back to it because i don't have anybody to help me read those comments at this time Right. Any time an attacker rolls a successful hit, the defender can choose to parry, dodge, or entangle. Parrying can be done automatically by anyone trained in any form of hand-to-hand -hand combat. Now, does that mean that somebody with hand-to-hand -hand none can parry? We'll get to that. Because it is actually, uh, uh, it is actually an argument that I've seen happen. For example, a punch can be blocked by the character's hands or arms. 
A weapon attack, sword, mace, etc., can be parried, blocked by a shield, sword, or other weapon. If you parry, in my games, if you parry a sword with your arm, and you're not wearing armor, or you're not some sort of robot or something, you are taking full damage, treat it as a cold shot to the arm. <laughs> Don't try to parry a sword with your arm. Uh, also, they even teach you, at least when I took martial arts, they, they teach you, don't try to block a leg with your arm. Well, it technically can be done. It's not a good idea. Don't Just don't be there. Just don't get kicked. I would try that one. Anyway, we'll get to dodge in a moment. Uh, so, a parry, and uh, Heathen Dog disagrees with this. Now, he plays by the rules, but he disagrees with this. Uh, we've had this conversation. But parry can be performed without wasting a melee attack or action. Characters with no hand-to-hand -hand combat training will lose... The next melee attack every time they appear. So, 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 check this out. It says, can be done by anyone trained in any form of hand to hand combat. However, it also says here, <laughs> characters with no hand to hand combat training will lose their next melee attack. So, yes, you can. Uh, you know, this, is, this is called bad editing. Uh, defending a dodge, uh, dodging or entangling means automatically giving up the next melee attack. So, when you dodge, you do use up an action. So if your character has four actions, you have to use one to dodge. That's why some people save their actions. Uh, for parrying, not so much. Uh, we may get into auto-dodge, auto-parry, auto-nonsense later, but for now, it's that simple. Roll to hit. Did you get a five or better? You did. Do you want to try to parry, dodge, or entangle? Yes, I do. Okay, roll. Did you beat that number? Yes, I did. There you go. You parry, dodge, or entangle. Now, entangling means the character actually pins or snares the opponent's weapon or arm. I see it. A dodge means the character physically moves out of the path of the attack. With only a few exceptions, each dodge uses up one of the character's attacks per melee round. Because you're physically taking time to tumble out of the way, you're physically taking... It's not just a reaction like, ah, block! No, you're moving. It's almost like a move action, so to speak. Now, dodging energy blasts and bullets. Because most of this, what we're talking about right now, is really related to hand-to-hand -hand combat. We'll get into uh, weapons in a little bit. Uh, one of the biggest things you'll see that's different is the five-to-hit portion of it. But anyway, I want to confuse stuff here. Dodging energy blasts and bullets. Energy attacks, I-beams, bullets, arrows, and other fast-moving aerial attacks cannot be parried by ordinary humans. Zoom in. And even most superhumans can't do it. However, a dodge, although difficult, can be attempted. By the way, don't use contractions in a technical manual. I just said that for Crafty. Crafty can't be here today, so I said that for him. Um, the problem is, dodging energy blasts and bullets means timing the evasive action just right. Even if a character can see a bad guy pointing a gun at him, doesn't know if or when he's going to shoot. Such a guess is based on the response of the assailant's body language and movement. This is why I would just automatically say in my games, you are not dodging a sniper. It's not happening. Seek cover. Uh, often subtle movements such as tensing the muscles. You know, this is what Remo Williams type stuff. If anybody remembers that movie, I saw you move the uh, the was it the uh, flex the the ligament that controls the trigger finger. I forget what that quote is, but yeah, um, you know, often subtle movements such as tensing the muscles, the movement of a trigger finger, a frown, sneer, wisecrack, etc. In that split second, the character must make his move and hope his his attacker doesn't compensate fast enough to hit. Also, talk about split second timing because bullets and energy blasts are so fast it's near impossible to move out of the way in time even if one knows the attack is coming, right? Now, I will say that pistol shots, a lot of people think, oh, you missed with a pistol. Uh, look at the rate of, of hits from police officers. Look at the rate of hits from criminals. They don't hit as often as you think they do. <laughs> look at how many rounds the military wastes in war, you know, so, uh, I shouldn't say waste, but uh, 
Yeah, you, you get the point. Now we're playing a cinematic game. You know, I, I love The Walking Dead because apparently everybody is expert marksman that can always shoot a zombie straight in the you know middle of the forehead all the time. <laughs> like, like no. Uh, anyway, uh, thus normal humans and most superhumans dodge energy blast rockets and other projectiles without the benefit of the dodge bonus and with a penalty of minus four to dodge. I can tell you in the games that I played, this was never. Impl- I shouldn't say never. I don't ever remember this being employed. I mean that. Uh, I, I, I very rarely saw this employed. It came up as an argument in one of my TMNT games, and I'm not sure this was in first edition because I think we tried to find it and it wasn't there. If it was there, I, I... Yeah. What I usually tell people is, no, you're not dodging a bullet. And then they get angry with me. <laughs> to be successful, the dodger must roll higher after the penalty is deducted than the attackers roll to strike. A mean feat, yeah. So if you roll a 13 to hit... That means I've got to roll a 17 to dodge. Yeah, it does become difficult. So, And I used an action. So, uh, the penalty can be ignored if the would-be assailant doesn't really want to hurt anybody or if the dodger has the initiative. See, again, look, this may be a little bit realistic to some degree, but this is where the nuance of the rules, this is where crunch comes in. If somebody's like, what's the definition of crunch? This is where I would say crunch starts. So wait a second. My normal dodge doesn't account. Now I have to have a minus four. Makes sense. Oh, wait, but the penalty can be ignored, but I want initiative. You know, I think that gets too deep into the weeds for a game. I don't mind it being there as maybe an option or a food for thought for a game master. I don't necessarily like that as a rule. Just have one set of rules, be simple with it, and then give the game master, well, not that anybody takes it away, but give the game master the ability to have rulings over rules. All right, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on that, but there we go. Super Village here. Almost looks like a, doesn't that look like a Rift uh, Samus suit or something? Oh, no, I guess it's a little bit more mecha than that, but whatever. BCC. Actually, is that a G or a B? Is that a lowercase G? <laughs> I don't care. All right. Please note that there are a handful of super abilities for super beings who have super speed, and or special abilities or bonuses to dodge. All right, that'll come into ca- to character stuff, so I'm, I'm not going to harp on this. The defender always wins ties when pairing and tangling or dodging. Okay, so if you hit, you smacked him in the face, you lightning bolted him, Emperor Palpatine, you decide to shoot him with your firearm. So what happens? Well, now the attacker rolls damage. If a successful strike is not parried, dodged, or entangled, the attacker hits the target and rolls the amount of damage indicated. There you go. That's that simple. For example, knife d- does a d6 damage. A claymore sword does 3d6 damage. And a war club... Well, this. <laughs> to be fair, this part of the rules is more about melee weapons than, uh, than guns. We'll get to the guns part in a little bit. Uh, anyway, you just roll damage. And if you get a plus 5 to strike, or sorry, plus 5 to damage, boom, you add that to the damage. So... Critical strikes do double damage. Now, your hand-to-hand skill will change this later on, but in a basic sense, critical strikes do hand-to-hand. Uh, I'm sorry, wow. critical strikes do, um, do double damage. All right. A pulled punch strike. Uh, pulled punch is when you don't want to do full damage, and uh, there's a combat option for that we're not going to get into right now. But there are lots of options you can do. We'll cover some of them. This, this uh, segment is going to be pretty long today, as it is, and I don't want to... And you can see I already side tangent all the time. Uh, so I, I don't want it to be even longer. Finally, after that's done, you took the punch, you couldn't dodge, 
the the attacker rolls damage well you can still try to roll with impact or punch i hate this rule <laughs> i do i really i hate this rule always have i play with it it belongs in the game it's one of those core things as part of palladium but i've never liked this rule I don't mind rolling with a fall. I don't mind rolling even if you're tossed. And yes, there are tossing, you know, hip tossing maneuvers in the game. Uh, uh, I just, I hate the idea of rolling with the punch. I just do. Like, anyway, I'm moving on here. A lot of editorializing here. If the attack is a physical impact attack from things like a punch, kick, club, mace, hammer. Really? From a club, mace, hammer, thrown rock, fall, explosion. Now, the fall, explosion stuff I absolutely agree with. A defender can roll with impact, punch, fall. Notice it's called impact punch here, impact punch fall there. Get used to that in Palladium books. In order to roll with the impact, the defender must roll a 20-sided die and match or better the, the attacker's roll to strike. So it's the same thing as if you're trying to dodge. Basically, it's like a second attempt to dodge, except for this one will only cut the damage by half. You're still going to take some damage. So And rolling with impact punch fall counts as one action. Uh, well, you know what? I, there's again, there are caveats in here. I should read this. Successfully rolling with punch impact means the character takes half damage. I already said that. Successfully rolling with a knockout punch means the character takes double damage, but is not knocked unconscious or stunned. And rolling with a death blow results in the loss of half remaining SDC. Death blow is straight to hit points. We might talk about that in a little bit. So, rolling with a death blow means half of all remaining SDC or hit points if all the SDC are gone. That's a time when rolling with punch fall can really save your hide because hit point damage is serious stuff. Uh, failing to roll means the character is used up one action and takes full damage. All right, so what's the combat sequence? Step one, let's do, well, just to reiterate, everyone rolls initiative. Step two, the highest initiative goes first. Step three, roll your attack. Uh, the, if it's successful, the target rolls parry and dodge. Step four, if it hits still, hey, guess what? Roll that damage and... There we go. Oh, and, and you can also roll with punch impact if appropriate. And then it becomes the next person's. Everybody goes through this four-step process right here. This is really all you need. There you go. Goes to that four-step process, and you keep that moving along. And uh, what's this combat clarification? I don't think I've read this. Combat clarification on group combat. Group combat, each player character pairs off with an opponent. The GM should handle it so one player has strikes and parries against an opponent. Then the next next so on in some cases there's dramatic effect in having the entire combat sequence fought out between one or two players then the next one and the next but as a rule it's best to divide the actions up so everybody has something to do it feels like contributing to the outcome of the battle yeah that's kind of how i do it i do the round robin thing okay take your first action all right take your second action take your third action you know well and in between there i i uh, you know i do the npcs so you might have six actions where somebody else only has four well guess what when your four actions are done you're done for the round bow out and then we go to fifth actions. All right, my fifth actions, if I have them. Let's go to sixth actions, if anybody's got them. So I played a, um, in a Rifts game where I was uh, a Borg, and the, there was a crazy, and he's always like, Elemental? That was my character's name, was The Elemental. And uh, his name was Isor. So Elemental Isor, Elemental Isor. It's because he always had one extra attack than me. So it didn't matter what I did to him. His bonuses were so great, it was really hard for me to strike him. And with that extra attack, he could always just whittle me down. It was only like one point at a time. But it didn't matter. He hit me 240 times. I was finally done, you know. So uh, those extra attacks are great. All right. Note, parries are great in close hand-to-hand -hand combat. Often inappropriate and impossible against bullets and energy weapons. Unless you're Wonder Woman. 
Hey, if you're playing a Wonder Woman character, it might be beneficial for you. So uh, just want to point that out there. Okay, before we move on to combat terms and moves, I'm going to drag uh, chat over here. And let's see what we got going on in the chat. Wow, 84 comments. It says, jeepers, creepers, people. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. I can't promise to get to all of them, though. So I'm going to have to read these backwards now. Um, what do we have here? Okay, can you not cover up somebody's chat, please? Uh, there is a calculation. Okay, so let me read it over here. There's calculation. We divide foot pounds of energy by X determined dice of damage. Oh, no, no, that's... Please tell me that's not in Palladium. Is it really in Palladium? Or is that for some other game? God, no. Uh, or, oh, okay. Uh, so somebody's talking about Pondsmith's rules for firearms. Okay, you know, I'm reading these backwards, so uh, that that gets too much. Now, there are game systems where that might be beneficial, like Battlelords of the 23rd Century. It's a very crunchy game. It's meant to be much more realistic like that. That's not for me. I'll tell you, that's not for me. You know, I used to complain about uh, Heroes Unlimited and, and for, for me, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, I didn't like how the wildfire rules work. I thought they were really silly. But you know what? They're cinematic. And anytime I look at it now, I'm like, you know what? That's just cinematic gameplay. You know, you're just being the Rambo. Ah! Weird things are going to happen. Let it go. Just play, you know, have fun with it. Oh, Craft. I gave you, I gave you a shout out here, Crafty. He used a contraction in the book. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing today crafty uh let's see remember every player is a gunfighter wild what remember every player is a gunfighter like wild bill hickok and a sniper in simo <laughs> but simo hi ha i don't know what any of that is you just spoke a foreign language to me <laughs> but yeah. uh do old okay so old cyberpunk i'll have to check on that i send the main book because i don't remember seeing that in the main book but then again i never Realize it. So did Will Smith pull his slap? I don't know if he pulled his slap, but I, I would consider that a pull punch. Uh, yeah, would be a uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. And I'm sorry if I'm not putting your chat up on the screen. I'm trying to get the gist of what's going on here so we can move forward. Do, 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 do. Wait, was it? The army? What? The army is more efficient as during the down range, but but it went from 10k per death from Civil War to 100k in Vietnam. Uh, yeah, um, it's easy to shoot a target. Even the pop-up ones, I want to say easy, if you kind of know where they're supposed to be. Those moving ones get a little bit different, and now somebody who's effectively ducking and rolling and you know. Uh, one of the things that I do is I put I give penalties to players when they're basically within melee range and they're trying to shoot somebody. I give severe penalties because uh, it, it is much more difficult to hit like that than people think. Not impossible, and somebody who's trained in that uh, specifically, but a lot of people don't train. Even cops and so forth don't necessarily train constantly with that. You know, my stepdad was a prison guard and. You know, well, well, he did get some firearm training because, you know, he had to do all that shotgun nonsense. Uh, you know, it was more about how to uh, how to unload when, you know, somebody's trying to take your weapon from you. Don't let them grab it because they'll use it as a club if they can't shoot, you know, things like that. So. Let's see. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, Remo Willis. That's where I remember that phrase from. It's like, I saw you move the metatorsal, blah, blah, blah. I don't know biological terms. Leave me alone. Uh... The problem with that, uh, many parries can slow combat. 
You know, if you know that it's going to happen right away, you're usually prepared for it, but I generally agree. So, uh, what, um, I mean, I'll tell you right now, the game that I'm writing, Perry takes an action. It just, it takes an action. Uh, but I also have other rules that facilitate, uh, what's say, how do you say facilitate not the need? <laughs> you don't need to parry as often. I also give dodge a pretty big disadvantage. I use the earth dawn rules for, uh, for dodge. Well, it's called avoid blow and earth dawn, where if you fail it, you fall down. You're considered knocked down. So, um, but I also make it harder to hit. Because I never liked the five automatically hits nonsense. I just, especially with bonuses. I can, I can handle if it's a one through four. And I can tell you for a long time we played that way where one through four had to be natural. I think it was Heathen Dog's group was the one that uh, was like, it's not right, uh, you know, back in the 90s. But, uh... oh, you know what? I did kind of skip Entangle, didn't, didn't I? Yeah. The, well, you can do entangling as as a, I think it's called grapple in this. Uh, we'll look at the we'll look that up as a as an offensive action. Uh, the problem with is in, with entangle is as long as you're doing it, you really can't do anything. <laughs> so I can't shoot. I got him help. Do something. Uh, well, this right here is a great uh, person. I think most armor and palladium is too low versus certain types of attacks like swords and clubs. My goal today, one of the things I was thinking about talking about today for segment two was going to be the arms and equipment guide. I decided to do something else instead. Um, the, I'm sorry, the, the contemporary weapons book. That penetrating value really puts a number on armor. You know, if, if you've got an armor that's rated that can stop like a penetration value of two and you come out with a 50 cal, you're, you're, you're a hot knife through butter. Uh, nothing that armor didn't do anything for you so there are things that uh that palladium tried some people like it some people say it's too much i get it um it can slow down the game so i don't like harp on it but uh my main purpose for doing the uh the contemporary weapons was i like the stun features oh you just got shot with a nine mil yeah that's only what 3d6 damage but you can't act for one to two melee rounds well for an average character that's what eight actions that means that person can walk up to you and cap you seven times you don't want to get hit with a bullet. Uh, realistic isn't why we play these games. Uh, depends on the person. I used to be overly realistic, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> um, I like realism. I don't like realistic, if that makes sense. Or maybe I'm saying that backward. Maybe I like realistic, but not realism. I want it to, it needs to make sense. That's all it needs to do is make sense. Um, and if you tell me it makes sense in a cinematic concept, I'm like, you know what? You kind of got a point there, buddy. Okay, I don't think I'm going to read too many more. Uh, Kevin says, combat rules slightly different in Heroes Unlimited. Yeah, I, I think they are slightly different. The skill systems are definitely different, uh, even with the riftification. What, okay, what's Baldhar saying now? Grass die, they don't have to mow much unless... Okay. <laughs> uh, good place to farm ideas might be kits from... PHBR. I don't know what that is. Players handbook are. I have the Drew. I have the Druid. Uh, um, was it the Druid handbook? And I and I'm actually using that as some of my reference for the Druid stuff. But all right, let's uh let's get back to uh, what we're doing here. So if I didn't read your comment, sorry. Uh, but I got I've got to move on. So let me get this back up on the screen. Oh my screen anyway. Oops, I did that wrong. I did that wrong. Here, you back over there. 
All right, let's talk about some of these combat terms. Thunder, go away. By the way, for anybody who didn't catch the beginning of the stream, let me say it again. I've got storms here. Storms, for whatever reason, like to knock out my power for five to ten seconds. Doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're streaming, that's that's an eternity. If that happens, I will do my best to get the stream back up and back up and running as long as I you know, my power comes back. So, I mean, if it keeps getting knocked out two, three times, then I'll probably have to call it. But uh, all right, let's move on. We already talked about armor rating. Armor rating is the number. So uh, again, if the armor rating is a 13, that means you have to roll a 14 or higher. Natural armor, again, we discussed that already. Attribute bonuses, you know, when we talked about character creation, that should have been discussed, but you know what? You can get bonuses to your saving throws. You can get bonuses to your damage. You can get bonuses to your dodge and parry through your attribute bonuses. Automatic dodge. This is an interesting one. The character moves so quickly. Let, let, me, let me put it in layman's terms. It doesn't take an action. The caveat is you don't get your bonuses. You only get your physical prowess bonuses. You don't get your dodge bonus to this. It's just a natural instinct reaction to do that. Automatic body flip. The only physical training category, uh, only the physical training category can have this ability. That's interesting. Was it is one of the complete? Yeah, I have the complete guide. So Charlotte Williams, if that if that is the complete guide to druids, I have it. I am referencing it. Nerdy ogre says spooning leads to forking. Oh my god, people. Uh, so let's see. Uh, damage is d6 points. This is where I think that the roll to uh, roll for fall impact is good because it would help you land this fall. I would tell you uh, a pro wrestler would be great, great at uh, rolling with impact. Backflip involves throwing oneself backwards with arms and shoulders. This comes with gymnastics. Uh, I don't know if anybody else gets it, maybe, but uh, it comes with gymnastics. So if you have the gymnastics or, or acrobatic skill, I think you get this. Body block tackle, that's knocking people down. Body flip throw, we kind of already talked about. Combat bonuses, again, we talked about. These are just terms, so we're going to pass the death blow. Death blow, a death blow attack does double normage damage plus... Oh, I didn't know it did double the normal damage. Oh, God, I look at that. I just got educated in something. Plus physical strength bonus direct two hit points don't get hit by a death blow uh what does it say about armor here da, 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 da. the armor must be removed or penetrated penetrating means the strike must be above the ar like okay so likewise opponents with natural ar so okay all right that makes sense uh so if you don't break through the armor it does stc damage got it Okay, and then these are the different types of strikes, punches, and so on and so forth. Again, it's another of my little quibbles with the Palladium system. It's like, why would I ever do anything other than a roundhouse kick if I got it? Now, as a role player, I don't always do that. But I'm just saying, why? If, if I can kick for... What's a kick? Uh, where's kick? It's D6, right? Uh, average human kick... Uh, kick oh, 2D4. Why would I ever roll 2D4 when I can roll 3D6? So every kick, just Game Master assume every kick I do is a roundhouse kick. Now, does that make sense in reality? No, but, you know, it's a game. So, uh, you know, your mileage may vary on how you handle that. Disarm is a move you can do to, you know, take somebody's weapon away. Uh, and if you roll a 19 or 20 when you do it, you can actually take the weapon. Okay, hold on. Let me make sure I got that right. That, that's how I have it remembered in my head. So when you use a, move, a defensive move, the opponent's disarm on a roll of 19 or 20. Disarming strike to attack requires the usual strike roll with high roll winning, thus successful strike. Uh, where is it where you can actually take the weapon? Oh, is it not in this version? Disarm does not give the weapon to the character. Okay, disarm does not give the weapon to the character making the disarm move. That's um interesting because I read a rule set 
that said on a certain number, I thought it was on a 19 or 20, that you actually grab it. Was that riffs? Huh. So, okay, well, I've been corrected again. I know I read that rule because I was doing some research on this stuff for my own game. So, uh, Entangle. Uh, let's get this entangling thing that we kind of avoided before. A defender can attempt to trap the weapon or arm of an attacker. This is done instead of parrying or dodging. Instead of. And counts as one melee action or attack. So it's like dodge. And if the entangle is successful... Oh, sorry. An entangle is successful if the defender rolls above the attacker's strike roll. Again, just like everything else. It takes one attack and uh, a roll to entangle to keep an opponent's armor weapon trap pinned every melee round. In order to get free, the entangled opponent must roll a dodge against the entangling roll. High roll wins. So the character using the entangle move cannot attack without releasing the hold. That's what I was kind of saying before. So hand to hand hit points all right i think we are going to uh we're gonna move on here i think you get the idea i'll, I'll let some of these just kind of remain here okay so roundhouse kick can only be used once for melee round well that, that's its limitation here you go and no other kicks can be used in that round well there we go so somebody already put that into chat well haha i read it before you could correct me but there it is right there so there's a reason not to use it every round can you tell i don't play a lot of heroes unlimited <laughs> I know the Palladium system, but, uh, you know, again, I think Kevin Williams said it uh, before, Kevin Sullivan said it before, uh, there are tweaks, you know, that, that happen between the different. Horror Factor is one of my favorite things of Palladium Fantasy. I don't necessarily use it in, when I do my After the Bomb games, but uh, I love this in Palladium Fantasy. It's basically, uh, uh, oh my God, you are so gross. It's like fear, you know, dragon fear for, you know, D&D. Uh, jump kicks take two attacks, leap attack, or wait, it's jump kicks that take two attacks. Uh, Afghan jump kicks can only be used by those talented in hand to hand martial arts. Works as a critical strike, double number damage. Okay, maybe it's leap attack that takes two. Oh, it takes all. An attack will be only at the beginning of the round, unlike a jump kick, use up all attacks for the melee round. Well, there you go. So you can read the rules to find out more about, uh, you know, what kind of attacks you can make. No hand-to-hand -hand combat skill. Likewise, character does not get an automatic parry, so any attempt to parry counts as one melee action. Go. Number of attacks, you get that from your hand-to-hand -hand skill. This is an average of four to seven. A lot. But then again, for people who don't like rolling initiative every round, probably like this. Paired weapons when you're using, like, dice show, you know, uh, wakasashi katana type uh, nonsense. Um, penalties, pull punch, saving throws. This is a really weird place to put saving throws. Palladium does this in every book. I always struggle to find the saving throws for, for characters because it's like right here and that's it. Um, but uh, these should match up with what was said in Palladium Fantasy. Simultaneous attacks. Uh, combatants can parry, dodge each other, etc. etc. Um, what do I want to read here? The reason, uh, da, da, da. okay, so and can uh, I guess I have to read the first part of this. Com Combatants can parry or dodge each other's attacks, or they can forfeit any type of defensive maneuver, probably taking damage, and strike back simultaneously. The advantage, the advantage of simultaneous attack is that while opening oneself to damage, it deprives one's opponents from parrying or dodging the counter-strike. So if you know that the opponent is hurt, and you, maybe you're a really strong person, and you're pretty convinced that barring a natural 20, at 5% chance, you're going to be fine. You might take a little, you know, little, little fat lip or black eye or something, but uh, you can handle that. You can just uh, say, you know what? When he swings, I swing. And since he can't parry, guess what? You club him. And barring a really horrible roll, uh, sneak attacks, no initiative roll for the first round. And then it gives some generic 
SDC for stuff. So if you're shooting up a car, that's 450 SDC. Why would that matter in hand-to-hand combat? Well, look at this guy. I think he could hurt a car. I think this dude could hurt a car. He punches that car a few times. I think it's going to take some damage. So, you know. So also, if you're using things for cover. Um, so there. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan says, you allow the opponent to punch you and you simultaneously roundhouse kick him. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like every round initiative as well. I know some people really hate it. I like every round initiative, so. Heathen Dog is not a big fan of it, but he kind of does it more of a Palladium way, to be honest with you. I think he does every third round. Like for D&D, every third round he rerolls initiative. Um, I've never found a perfect initiative system, to be honest with you. And what I mean by that, oh, this is a good place to look at chat again. Um, what I mean by that is that uh, I, I want some sort of momentum system, and I'm not talking the 2d20 momentum system. I'm talking like if you win initiative, let's say you roll a d6, old school D&D, right? You roll a d6 for initiative, you win initiative, and you hit your opponent, I think that you should get a plus one next round. You just keep that, that, that momentum going. It's not a guarantee you're going to go first, but you have momentum that lets you go forward. It would cap out at like, you know, plus two, plus three, something like that. So there's always a chance for the, the enemy. Or if you miss, if you miss, it goes down to zero as well. You know, I just, I like something like that, but I've never found a way to get it into a game that really works. So yeah. anyway, uh, enough side uh, sidebarring there. Uh, what do we have in chat? Do, 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 do. Uh, um, I played a Priest of Lyra in, in my last AD&D 2nd Edition game that I played uh, before it got converted to 5th Edition, and uh, in one of the updates that Ed Greenwood made, it was an ability called Peacocking. And since Priests of Lyra really can't fight, their, I mean, they can, they use whips and nets and so forth, you know, uh, um, I could use this ability called Peacocking, where I would do the Bugs Bunny stuff, like you said, whisper sweet nothing in the opponent's ears, or kiss them or <laughs> just any sort of weird stuff that i could come up with uh just like again watch those looney tune cartoons that's actually where i took my inspiration from when when daffy and bugs bunny and elmer fudd and all them were acting weird it was a peacocking maneuver so yes and it, it worked I, I liked it yeah yeah i got uh, i got corrected on that yep so uh, that's why I have a lot of padding inside of my plate. These wetsuit materials. It's true. Yeah, um, actually, we did that in the military too. Well, I found out the hard way about that. <laughs> I had to freeze my ass off during one exercise. Like, wait, you can wear that underneath your uniform? People are like, yeah, why not? Well, I hadn't deployed. Nobody told me. I was honor guard. I, I was pristine about my <laughs> uniform. All of a sudden, like, I can wear a wetsuit underneath it? Like, why wouldn't you? Because I didn't know I was allowed to. <laughs> AFI 3510 or AFR 3510. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I played him games and that auto dodge, right? Okay. So uh, let's move on here. Let's move on here. Again, I apologize if you feel that I'm not reading enough of your comments. Uh, I just, I've got to keep this going. And the comments will be saved for later. So it's all good. Hand to hand combat. We are not going to go through these. The reason being is I'm just going to cover it very simply. Costs one skill selection to take hand to hand basic. It costs two skill selections to take hand to hand expert. It costs three skill selections to take hand to hand martial arts. Guess which one's better? You know, there you go. 
Um, I usually go with basic. I've never found that I needed the, unless I'm playing a martial artist type character, I've never found that the bonuses from hand to hand martial arts were really all that necessary to waste two extra skill selections. Your mileage may vary. So, uh, oh, I forgot about assassin. If you're evil, you can be assassin as well. Um, what's interesting about the assassin is, uh, this, okay, one additional attack per round. That's a little different. I thought hand to hand assassin had one less attack until second level, but. Oh, here we go. Two additional. So one additional attack per round. This is, uh, is this written right? Because I thought the assassin had one and then got two right away at second. Uh, whatever. You know what? These books, man. I might be thinking Palladium Fantasy or something else. Uh, anyway, you have to be evil in order to take hand-to-hand -hand assassin, though. All right. Notes on super abilities in combat. This is where I might slow down a little bit, and I apologize if this segment's going to be too long, but we're now talking about the crux of this game. What did we learn before this? We learned that if you roll a d20, you get a 5 or higher, you hit in hand-to-hand in -hand melee combat, right? We learned that if somebody's wearing armor, you might need a 12 or a 15 or a 19 or higher to hit. The, 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 we call it the squishy nougat on the inside. Or else you're dealing damage to the armor. Unless it's natural armor, which you just don't do damage. Um, we learned that there are different attack types. Hey, we learned that you can only do one roundhouse kick per melee round. Uh, it takes up all your actions. So you know, there you go. Um, or, you, or, or you can't use any other kick action. Sorry. So helpful combat notes and suggestions. The bonus to strike listen skill description characters, uh, physical prowess bonus, if any, are the only ones that apply to this power point and shoot. Do not include strike bonuses from hand-to-hand -hand combat weapon proficiencies. Okay, so when the point point and shoot power comes up, um, you know what? I don't think I'm going to read about specific powers. We can deal with that later. Um, a third level super being can also divide energy and fire two simultaneous blasts at two different targets. So it starts to act like a magic missile. You got it. Okay. So one shot could be a warning shot, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Got it. So these are different types of uh, super attacks, I guess. And I'll let that be on the screen for a moment. Again, Heroes Unlimited compared to some of the other ones is so wide. You have such a vast array of characters. You can have superpower characters. You have bionic characters. You have mutants. You're going to have people who specialize, uh, like Iron Man or Batman, that's, you know, normal people, but they got suits that give them all types of powers. You're going to have aliens. You're going to have robots. And, like, you have all these things to deal with. Um, yeah, not everything can be covered accurately in just one set of rules. So, you know, when the second edition came out, there had to be some clarifications. Superhuman speed abilities in combat. Characters with extraordinary or sonic speed super abilities, cyborgs and robots, uh, must have attributes of at least 80. If you remember us talking last week uh, about the bionic, this can happen. Get the impressive damage bonus of plus four damage for every 20 miles per hour they're traveling. That means if you run into somebody going 20 miles an hour or more, and you smack them in the face hole, add plus four to your damage. This means a character traveling at a speed of 340 miles per hour can hit somebody or something and inflict 68 points of damage, plus, plus the normal damage and physical strength attribute bonus. Yeah. However, such attack counts are going to half the total melee attack. So, you know, you are using up a couple actions to do that. But hey, you know what? For 68 plus whatever, yeah, I'll take it. Lost attacks are in the first half of the round as the character builds up speed. Et cetera, et cetera. So it's giving you an idea of uh, how to handle, like the flash. Uh, 
Uh, I'll, I'll get back to some of those comments. I actually should start that comment because I because I want to get back to that one because or maybe somebody in chat can answer that better because I uh, yeah second edition is uh, second edition got riftified. Some people hate it. Some people like it. I'm just gonna say it is what it is. Uh, optional damage rules: knockdown, the impact from an explosion pairing a powerful energy blast, powerful punch impact from a robot robot vehicle power armor. So this is you know you getting smacked in the face hole and knocked down by something really strong, not just your average Joe. Uh, might knock a character off his feet, even if the damage for the attack is successfully parried. If the Hulk punches you, just think that through for a second. Being knocked down or off one's feet means losing one's melee attack action for the melee round. That's it? Just just one? <laughs> just just one? Uh, and if thrown hurled push several yards, meters, characters likely lose two melee attacks. If you get punched by the Hulk, then again, you are playing superhero type characters. I get it. So. Um, and it gives, you know, SDC, et cetera, et cetera, like determine if you're knocked down. Again, this gets a little more crunchy than, than I like, but uh, you know, this is how Palladium works. And uh, there you go. Knocked off feet and stunned. Yeah, take, take 71 SDC damage. That dude going, was it 68 plus whatever he rolled damage? Um, yeah, you're probably knocked off your feet and stunned. There you go. And super faux impact table. Again, it says optional here. Does the other one say optional? I mean, it's all optional. Yeah, it's optional. So there you go. Good stuff. The vulnerabilities of juggernauts. Uh oh, what is this about? Invulnerable characters and super beings with huge amounts of SDC plus super abilities are sometimes said to be unstoppable. Get real. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Can you tell that he was a little aggravated there? <laughs> Get real. Here's some things to keep in mind. Unless a character has some reason for not breathing, such as an experimental side effect or natural alien environment, he's probably vulnerable to suffocation and unconsciousness from lack of oxygen atmosphere. Yeah, I'd say probably, yeah. This includes the possibility of drowning. Can he swim? Even invulnerable characters will be rendered unconscious and deprived of breathable air. Yep, that, that is true. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, people love to take invulnerability and alter physical structure, stone metal, whatever the hell it happens to be. Like, yeah, I can't be hurt. All right, I'll just suck all the oxygen out of the room. You're great when you're fighting in the fields. You know, when you're fighting on that space station and I'm, you know, and I'm changing the pressure in there, good luck. You died to the bends. <laughs> Along the lines of suffocation, breathable air, most of these heavily armored so-called unstoppable characters are also vulnerable to disease, toxic gases, ingested poisons, drugs, so forth. When, we, when I did play Heroes Unlimited or games like this, uh, you know, after the bomb, I would have players cry when that happened. Oh, you just did that because, you know, my character could own all your NPCs. Well, in, a, in an arm wrestling match, sure. In a fist fight, yeah. Even shoot faster, straighter, better. Yeah, I get it. But you know what? If all those 20 people circling Bruce Lee just jumped on him at one time, there isn't much Bruce Lee could have done other than maybe grab some crotches and poke some eyeballs. So, you know, anyway. Water can be your friend against opponents who can alter their physical structure who weigh a ton. I had GM's hand wave that, unfortunately. Well, alter physical structure stone wouldn't mean that he can't work in the ocean. I think that's directly what that means, but whatever. Uh, fire plasma characters getting knocked into deep water will be extinguished. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, see, I've got to be honest with you. I'm kind of glad stuff like this is written in the book. While I'm a firm believer in rulings over rules, the fact of, you know, that his whole get real thing doesn't say I lose it if I go into water. I should still be fighting a superpower. It should still be fire. Well, so I'm kind of glad that stuff like this is written here. You know, being forcibly shocked back to normal will prevent them from returning to an altered state. 
until 2d6 minutes. So there you go. Uh, powerful explosions will knock them down. So... Yeah, oh, that's a great comment. Supervillains will not play fair. Yes, exactly. That's why, like, when people do vampires in Dungeons and Dragons, like, yeah, we killed two vampires. I'm like, how? I don't think I've ever had a party, you know, a group of D&D players kill a vampire. Too smart, and they'll get away. Like, huh, this isn't going to go well for me. I'm just going to turn gas. I'm out. Unless you got something like Ghostbusters that can suck them into a box. I don't know. All right. Then it talks about combining super abilities. Let's just look at one. For example, Super Bean could not use underwater abilities and dive into water and expect to use alter physical structure fire. No way. Uh, again, I hate the fact that he had to write this, but I'm glad he did. Flaming stone or metal are no problem, but flaming ice or flaming water is impossible. There you go. If two powers are not compatible, each works normally, but the two cannot be active at the same time. Thank you for writing that in here. Because, again, I go back to, you know, people are going to cry, but it's a superhero game, I should be able to do it. No, you're just trying to game the system. So, you know, players may have two different alter physical structure powers, cannot use them at the same time. Pick one or the other. Uh, two powers, alter, okay, so, anyway, uh, not going to read all of this. You can see that it talks about, you know, putting powers together, so. If you like the idea, like the concept, buy the book. Play the game. It's worth it. All right. Whew. Let's get through some chat. I know uh, we got it. Weapon combat shouldn't take as long as what's gone on so far. We got to do vehicle, air, and space combat as well. I don't think I'm going to cover robot combat too much, except for the missiles portion of it, because we're actually going to talk about robots as a power category in a few weeks, and, you know, we can just cover it there. So I'm going to try not to bore you guys too much. But what, what is going on in chat? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason legitimate business association gave uh people cement shoes there you go yeah I, uh, this needs to go up on the screen super villains will not play fair if they have any brains and all the bad guys do whatever it takes to win yes oh i don't want to use kryptonite on superman uh let's let's see what this says one thing about uh, Hero System is that no consistent in-universe rule set for what limitations exist versus consistent magic system where you can predict the cost and effects of magic. Um, okay. Okay, I, I, I don't even want to try to argue or refute this because I don't know if I can. It's just my vision of how things are run, I think, are kind of in line with what Kevin was writing in the, in the book. Uh, no consistent in-universe rule set. I don't think it's even possible to make that, though. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, oh, Kevin's gone. All right. Have a good day, sir. I know people have Easter things to do. And uh, you know what? If you've got family stuff to do while you're watching me, go do your family stuff. Okay, he posted what he's going to do. That's gross. <laughs> All right, I think uh, I think that's that's pretty good for the chat that I want to pop out there. Again, if you don't think I'm reading your chat, I'm reading it. I just want to keep this moving again. I, I know I'm repeating myself, but uh, I just don't want anybody to feel disrespected. Yeah, I agree. This is one of my favorite things. This is a Robotech, man. Robotech mini-missiles are great. Believe me, they're in my game. Uh, 
All right, let's get this back over here. Oh, your Easter thing is to be a snake oil salesman, huh? <laughs> Sorry, Crafty. I did that. All right. Uh, wow, you're Subaru from Crafty's Subaru dealership, wherever the hell he works. All right, here we go. Um, modern weapon proficiency. So we, we've got the gist of combat. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, I roll a d20. All right. I get that five or better. Uh-oh. That might change here in a moment. And I hit. Parry, dodge, et cetera, et cetera. We've, we've already covered that. So let's see what happens. First of all, you don't use your hand-hand proficiency anymore. Now, there's a caveat to that, but you, you don't for the bonuses we're talking about. You use your weapon proficiency. Do you have the weapon proficiency of shotgun? Do you have the weapon proficiency of, uh, of laser rifle? Do you have the proficiency to use it? Now, that doesn't mean if you don't have the proficiency, it doesn't mean you pick it up and go, oh, what does this do? Boom, and shoot yourself in the face hole. But it just means you don't get bonuses when you fire. It really annoys me when I hear people say, I can't use it. I don't have the proficiency. Why? It probably just means you don't know how to clean it. Or if you take it apart, you're going to want to make sure you put all the pieces and number them or something. So when you put it back together again, you don't screw it up. doesn't mean you can't fire a gun. Anybody, any idiot can pick up a gun and shoot. Any idiot can pick up a club and swing it at somebody. It's just how good you are with it. So if you have weapon proficiencies, they give you bonuses. Now. Uh, those are on a whole different page, but let's just arbitrarily say you have the weapon proficiency and it says you get plus one to strike at level two. Well, guess what? All these things we're going to talk about, you get a plus one to that at level two. That's it. Just means as your character increases in level, you increase with it, but you don't include your hand to hand stuff. There are a couple caveats to that, but uh, let's, let's take a look at that. Weapon proficiencies are areas of training and practice skill with a particular type of weapon, such as a revolver, automatic pistol, and submachine gun. The skill provides special bonuses to strike when using that weapon. Do not add this strike bonus to your character's hand-to-hand -hand combat skills. It applies only to the use of modern weapons. The bow and arrow is considered an ancient weapon type. All right, so what happens if you have a weapon proficiency? Well, first off, you get plus three to strike with all guns except the revolver, which gives you a plus four. You know, plus three to strike with all guns. That's an aimed shot. An aimed shot means you take the time and go boom. Now, it's not one shot per round, and it's not a shot. It's not a called shot where you, I want to shoot him in the eye. That's a called shot. Aimed shot just means I'm taking a moment. You go boom, and you get as many aimed shots per round as the number of actions you have. That will carry over from your hand-to-hand -hand skill. So if you have five actions per round, you can take five aimed shots per round with that plus three bonus, or if you use a revolver uh, with the plus four bonus, okay? First, first is where you're doing the three, or sometimes four. Well, this game treats a little bit differently, but first military folks, it's your three round fire. Da -da -da, da -da -da. Now, that could be triple tapping, or it could be one pull of the trigger. Ba -da, ba -da, okay? Again, sometimes the game gets a little nuanced with that, but it's just, it's burst fire. Each one, again, counts as a single attack. But damage is applied differently, and we'll get to that in a moment. But you still get a plus one to strike. Now, if you're just shooting wild, just picking up, okay, that might be spray, pray, but but you get what I'm saying, just like ah, just just pulling that trigger. Hey, you get no bonus or penalty. Okay, you're taking no time doing anything. You just you just grab the weapon, or look, there comes a point when you put that thing on full auto. I've done this before with an M50, or sorry, M50, wow, M16, AK47, AK74, and so I think it was like a. Not an M5, uh, it's an Egyptian weapon, uh, something five, if I remember correctly. I put that thing on full auto, and it doesn't matter how strong you think you are, especially the first time you use the weapon, like, 
I actually shot more in the dirt than I did up because um because I was fighting the weapon. Once you get used to it, it's a little bit different story. But anyway, my point being, shooting wild is, you know, it's not like the movies, guys. Add a bonus, a plus one to strike for every three levels of experience beyond one. So this plus three becomes a plus four at level three. Becomes a plus five at level six. It be, you see where I'm going here. There you go. Nice and simple there, right? Now, close combat, uh, sorry, combat range and roll the strike. Close quarters. This is where things get nuanced. Heathen Dog actually didn't know this rule. I didn't know this rule until I started doing the research for my game. But here it is, and all it's going. Now, to be fair, I don't know if it's in this book. I actually didn't even try to look it up. I play first edition, so if it's not in the first edition book, I win <laughs> because I play first edition revised. Um, and like all my TMNT stuff is is revised first edition. Okay, so. Uh, if it's not there, then I win. If not, well, then I'm just a, as much of a failure. But um, close quarter firefights, a roll of five or higher strikes, just as we talked about before, within a 60-foot area. In combat at greater distances, 61 feet and farther, it's an eight or higher to strike. Not a five. Of course, it's still modified. So if you roll a five plus, you know, if you roll a five and you're shooting with an aim strike, you got your eight you hit. Okay, so just uh, want to put that out there. High tech sensors, optics, targeting sensors, human augmentation are so incredible that there are no further penalties for greater distances. All right. You know, and, and to be fair, this is probably just an excuse for look, I don't want to I don't want to turn the game mechanics crazy. I get it. Can't can't uh, uh, argue with that aim shot. Aim shot is just that you take one shot. Each individual shot counts as one melee action. All right, let's let's move up. First, first involves shooting several rounds immediately one after the other. All semi-automatic and automatic weapons. So semi-automatic is when you're pop, 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 pop. Automatic is when you're grrr, Okay. Are designed for firing first. Three or more bullets at a time. Three is pretty much the most common. Uh, the act of shooting several rounds makes aim more hasty, and the recoil moves the weapon with each shot, reducing the accuracy. Depends on how far away the person is and what you're shooting. I did. I'll be honest with you. Everybody says that the M16 was better than. I know they use the M4 now, but uh, I, I was in, you know, in the 90s. The M16A2 was more accurate than the AK47. I fired better with the AK47 and AK74. I, I did. I, I was better with them. <laughs> so your mileage may vary, but in a general sense, it, it, you know, the M16 was a more accurate weapon. Uh, so you get the, anyway, the act of shooting several rounds makes the aim more hasty. I read that. The concept is that while accuracy reduced, the odds of hitting one's target with multiple rounds is increased uh, because more shots are fired. I can see that payoff. Okay. I mean, again, for a game, we're talking cinematic game. Roll to strike once for the entire burst, not for each individual bullet. If the burst misses the target, then all the rounds miss. And you get a plus one to roll. Again, plus one. But what does your weapon proficiency say? You get, da, 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 where was it? Uh, plus one every three levels. There you go. Plus every three levels of experience. So if you're level six, this is plus one. It's actually a plus three because you're getting a bonus at third level and at sixth level. Now, the damages. Again, these are where, you know what? I love the fact that Palladium gets realistic to some degree or gives you options to some degree, but these are where things become look up faster. Like, hold on, let me look that up again to find out how much damage I do. Roll. The damage die for one round times two if you use in a short burst and it fires 20% of the entire magazine. Okay, so if you have a 30 round magazine, six rounds are fired. 
for a long burst, roll the damage die for one round times five for clips or magazines with 30 to 50 rounds or drums. Or one round times two if the clip has 15 or less rounds. I'm not against these rules, but this is this is where people start saying, okay, now it's getting a little bean county. Now, now it's getting a little too, let me get the Excel spreadsheet out. And I'm torn because the realistic side of me says, I like this and it gives players options. The, the, the cinematic game master side of me says, let's just keep it going. You know, I think there could be something better. You know, you're, again, your mileage may vary. I'm not complaining about the game. I think you should play it and do what's best at your table. Now, damage from an entire magazine. Roll the normal damage dice for one round times 10 per clips of 30, 50 rounds. I hate that word. Clips should be magazine. Or one round times five if the clip is 15 or less rounds. So if you've got a drum, 250 rounds in that thing, uh, I guess you can't fire it all off in one round. Spray. Shooting a burst at several targets at once as possible. So you've got your nine mil and you're just like, K -k 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 boom, 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 boom. Right? Or you just got your, your M16, you're rambling that thing. Murdoch. Murdoch. I'm coming for you. And you get in there and you start shooting out those computers at the end. Okay, that's spraying. All right, shooting bursts at several targets at once is possible, but the same as shooting wild. You must fire a long burst or entire magazine in order to spray. See shooting wild, which we'll get down here in a moment. Semi-automatic weapons fire bullet each time trigger is pulled, which means pretty high rate of fire can be achieved by rapidly pulling the trigger, especially if you have a bump stock. However, this rate is not as fast as automatic fire. Consequently, semi-automatic weapons require an extra melee action in order to squeeze off a long burst. Okay. Shooting wild. What are, what are the rules for shooting wild? These are rules that drive people crazy. And at least in the games that I played uh, across, actually, I played in three different states. I never played this overseas. In the three different states that I played in, um, this, these rules here were the ones that drove people crazy. The shooting wild rules. Shooting wild occurs when, an, when a trained character shoots without taking time to aim. A trained character. This applies... This usually applies when a person is blinded, angry, running, rolling, leaping, shooting from a moving vehicle, swinging from a vine, doing the Tarzan, whatever. If the character has a weapon proficiency for that particular type of weapon, you know, weapon proficiency, pistol, or submachine gun, there is no bonus or penalty for shooting wild. Okay. Now the GM can add a minus one, a minus four penalty for extenuating circumstances like swinging on a vine from oh, trees, excuse me. Characters with no weapon proficiency skill with that type of weapon can shoot bursts from it, but all shots are minus six a strike. And no other strike bonuses apply. Not even your physical prowess. So, aimed shots by somebody without a weapon proficiency for that type of weapon get no bonuses. Or yeah, we are, again, we know that because this is part of having the weapon proficiency. All right, so, bonus, uh, let's just skip down here. Damage from shooting wild. This is where people get angry. Wild shooting can be fired at one target or in a wild spray. Trying to hit one target, roll normal damage dice for one round times two if under 30 shots are fired. Remember, you're shooting wild. That's why it's not a lot of damage. You probably only hit him with a bullet or two even though you fired 30 shots because you weren't looking. You're just like, ah, da, 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 as you're running and rolling and you know whatever else you're doing. Be happy you freaking hit. One round times five. If more rounds, up to 100, were fired. There is a 20% chance of hitting innocent bystanders in the general area of the target. More if they're in a crowd. Roll percentile for each character who is not under protection and cover. Okay. I, I, very simplistic rules. 
maybe not realistic, maybe overly realistic. I've heard complaints on both sides. Like, it shouldn't even, you shouldn't even be able to hit when you're doing that. Or, come on, if a bullet hits you, you're going to take more damage than that. I fired 30 rounds. Yeah, but most of them went up into the air. Probably landed on a kid like eight miles away. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, I mean, again, your mileage may vary. You can have your opinions about that. I'm just reading off what's here. The way I've used it in my games is I've used it rules as written, and I just kind of said, look, guys, that, that's what it is. I don't want to change it up because if I make it too harsh one way, you'll never have that feel of being like, I just got to shoot and hope for the best. Or on the other side, you're just going to say, fuck it, I'm spraying. I don't care. You know, so, pardon the cursing of the segment one. I shouldn't do that. But, uh, oh, crap, talk about segment one. I didn't even put up the segment one banner. Do you believe that? Boop. Yeah, a little late now, huh? Um, Anywho, yeah, I, again, your mileage may vary. So, spraying or strafing an area but shooting at a specific target. Spraying an area with bullets can be dangerous and is considered to be shooting wild. The object of a spray attack is to hit several targets simultaneously or to strafe an area. Um, so think of it as like hitting uh, like a hex or a square if you do square-based games, whatever. Um, or a line, like, uh, like maybe a cone attack or, you know, it's, it's basically it's an area effect attack but you're doing it with your weapon. Or your firearm, I should say. I just dripped in my table. So first, roll once to determine if any shots even hit the desired target area. D20. Now, it's five or higher strikes. The area doesn't necessarily mean it hit a person. You just hit the area you were gunning for. All right. Second, roll the strike at a minus six to hit the primary target. One specific location or character. Damage is one round. So if your weapon does a D6 damage per bullet, you're doing a D6 damage. Third, roll 1D4 to turn, determine how many secondary targets, still player characters, were, del wait, player characters? <laughs> were deliberately hit by the spray attack. Remember, the spray is designed to shoot several targets or to uh, spray an area indiscriminately to shoot everybody in line of fire. Damage is one round per each individual. So as superheroes, you're probably not going to die, I hope, but you're still not going to like it. You got shot. And then determine how many innocent bystanders were shot on a, on a 0, 1 to 50, 1 to 4. And that's for if you're trying to hit an area. Now, what about indiscriminate? I'm just like, screw it. I don't care. I'm just firing into the crowd. There's a 1 in 50% or 1 in, there's a 50% chance of hitting everybody in the line of the spring attack. Good job. This is great for villains, by the way. This is great for villains. You want to get the players angry? There you go. Player characters in a hero's game should not be doing this. I think that's actually why it says um, PC up here. Where is it? Uh, still player characters, yeah. Because I don't think player characters should be using these attacks. All right. Um, not going to go too much into too much more here. Uh, with this just remember damage is one round for each individual shot because i do want to move on but we'll take a quick look at so light machine guns do this is actually pretty pretty big damage for this game 5d6 damage per round gives a range payloads and so forth so hey range 3,000 feet i think that might be a bit high because <laughs> weapons have an effective range yes there's a max range but there's also an effective range too so uh that might be a bit long but hey you know what it's a game and you're playing superhero characters with, you know, special optics and so forth. So I, I'm not going to argue it so much. I mean, 3,000 feet. What, how many feet are in a mile? 5,000? If I remember correctly? No. It's 1,700. Yeah, yeah. so about 5,000 feet in, in a mile. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not pure on sniper range. That's for sure. This is more like sniper range. <laughs> it goes 6,000 feet. Okay, sure. 
Uh, anyway, let's move on. Now, damage by bursts. We're just going to look at the damage. Damage uh, by a short burst at one target is one round times three. Short burst spray. Approximately 8 to 12 rounds, 40% chance of hitting everybody in line of fire. See, all these little rules here. Uh, so put in the comments. When you watch this video, put in the comments. What do you think of these rules? Do you think they add to gameplay? I think they can. Or do you think they detract from uh, gameplay? Because you have to remember them or look them up constantly. I think that can be possible as well. Or do you think there's a happy medium? If you remember them, you use them. If you don't remember them, you just move on and make a ruling, not a rule. I don't think Kevin would have a problem with that. And even if he did, you bought the book. It's your game now. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? What are, what are your thoughts on, on all these little nuances of long burst, short burst, one target, two targets, automatic fire, semi-automatic fire? So, uh, there you go. Shotguns! Most crack barrel pump shotguns can fire two to six rounds. Again, we're getting a little nuance here. And look at our demon guy. Let's take a look at chat. Oh, look at that. M203. Well, it's kind of an M203. <laughs> Not exactly an M203. Uh, it's a big barrel. Uh, oh, and of course, on the other hand, he's got a nice long little uh, axe there. Little head chopper. Some military shotguns. Uh, you know what? No, no. Let, let's continue on before I do chat. So, Because we're almost done with this. We're almost done with this. Whew. Natural energy blast. Here are characters whose powers enable them to emit energy blasts, whether it be fire, electricity, or other forms of attack, can use the energy attack as often as they like. Uh, with each blast, typically count as one melee attack or action. For example, if a hero has five hand-to-hand -hand attacks per round, he can fire as many as five energy blasts. Okay, that's just a typical thing for this game. Here we go. We got called shots. That's when you want to shoot at some. So uh, robots typically have main body and then the limbs. There can be nuances to that. People, you just shoot the hit points or SDC unless you're like, I want to disarm him and shoot him in the hand. I want to knock his weapon out of his hand or something like that. Then you can do something different. Or I want a kill shot straight between the eyes. Then you do a called shot, okay? A called shot is always an aim shot. So that means it's taken up one action. But the bonuses are halved. And a natural 20 always does uh, double damage, okay? Ricochet shot. Shooting a rifle in one hand. I'm not going to get into the story. This isn't time for it. But uh, on a Friday night chill stream sometime, one, especially you military guys, asked me about how I got my ass chewed out by, by doing that in an exercise. I would, have, I would have been the hero of the scenario, but I decided to go one-armed. There's a lot more to it than that that led up to that point, but I couldn't help it. The adrenaline got to me. I knew it was just an exercise and there you know, weren't real bullets flying. I killed him. He killed me. I could have done it and not died. Anyway. Um, moral of the story? Don't do that. Uh, trick shooting. Shooting for over the shoulder. Uh, you know, shooting while hanging upside down while leaping are done without the benefit of bonuses. And considered shooting wild if burst or semi-automatic. Okay, so again, you can read that more thoroughly for the nuances of a single shot. You know, so, but I want to get through this. So... These are all things that there are rules for in the game, or you could always make the rulings on your own. So before we go into let's tone this down a moment here, let's take a breath. Let's 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 wait for just a moment before we go into robot and assault vehicle combat. I might split this into two videos. We're already an hour. We're more than an hour in, and we just got through melee combat and firearms. And I have nobody watching. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, I love this saw. I love the sound of a saw. Yeah, for, for area targets, I agree. Yep. But that weapon's made for that. You know, 
specifically made for mowing down the trees. I love the saw because you're like, yeah, I can see that taking down the trees. It was it squad automatic weapon. Is that what it stands for? Something like that. I forget. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's scroll back a little bit here. Let's see. Do do. Far back do I want to go? Okay, we actually read those comments. So got some. Cyclones were the best one. Are you talking about uh, in Robotech? Because <laughs> uh, I, I like playing a Cyclone Rider in Robotech. I like either Cyclones or Destroids. I don't ever play Veritech Fighter. Uh, okay, you guys are talking about Robotech. Cool. Uh, see, I love the line of Walking Dead. Any soccer mom can pick up a gun and shoot it, but uh, but a bowman is a bowman. Yeah, be surprised how many people miss though. Look at police reports to find out seventeen shots were fired, one winged them. <laughs> like wow, and I'm not, that's not an insult. It's just a, it's a little bit of reality. That's why I like uh, more generic stuff. I mean, the, some of the weapon proficiencies get a little deeper than just like, oh, well, you don't have the nine mil proficiency, so you, or you have the nine mil proficiency, so you can't shoot a forty-five or a thirty-eight. You know. Um, also, I think it's there to just make characters a little more thematic variation. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to. I don't know if I'd be considered because I haven't actually fired a firearm in years. I've fired a lot of different firearms, both military before and after. But it's funny that getting out of the military and it's not no aversion to it. I mean, I have a 45. It's just I haven't. <laughs> so uh, it's just one of those things. So, I mean, usually no one usually stops me from firing. I hate cleaning weapons. <laughs> I hate it. I, I just do. I, I hate taking apart even the easy ones like the Glocks. I just hate cleaning weapons. Um, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what would be considered a weapon proficiency other than this is based off of, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of his way extended form of house rules. But, uh, you know, but that also gets in the part of do we want realism in our games? Some people say yes. Some people say no. Some people say somewhere in between. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what I like. I'll be honest with you, because every time I find something I like, I can think of an exception for it. Um, I like a game with a million skills, but I also like games with no skills. You know, I, I don't know. I wildfire the same as blind firing. Okay. Yeah, I think most games are very general, like assault rifle, not per manufacturer. Which, look, you've got to do that. I, I think you've got to do that. Um, also. You know, uh, I would, you know, for me, I think the way I started doing it in my game is I pared it down to a semi, uh, yeah, no, I, that's what I did. I, um, I, semi-automatic and automatic. That, that's how I broke it down. Pistol automatic, pistol semi-automatic, and that included revolver, yes, you know, whatever. Um, because I didn't want to have 17 different pistol skills. Rifle automatic, rifle semi-automatic. And I, the way I did it is like, it depended on the mode of fire. If you're using an M16, for example, you can fire that semi-automatic. You now have the weapon proficiency. But if you didn't have the weapon proficiency of automatic, 
you were you had could have the same weapon, but now you lost your weapon proficiency bonus. Um, but that's and then I had oh then I had recoilless for any sort of recoilless weapons, lasers, uh, Gauss rifles, whatever. Although technically, I think they would have uh, recoils, but you get what I'm saying—the recoilless uh, type, uh, because it is a different type of firing. So, anyway, uh, that—that's how I broke mine down. Just because I wanted to have enough distinction, where if you wanted to be a sniper, um, sure, but not quite as good with pistols, you could. But, and then again, remember, in most of these weapon proficiencies in Palladium, you can take as secondary skills. So even if it didn't come directly with the OCC, you have like eight secondary skills or something that you can put all into weapon proficiencies as well. Uh, and you know what there's some argument to be made for this as well fire just straight up firearms i i could see that and i wouldn't necessarily argue that so i'm trying to make a case for <laughs> case for both sides here uh see crafty enjoys the bean counting there you go that's uh you know what we talked about earlier uh yeah this is kind of how i feel i got trained in a bunch of stuff not sure how proficient i'd be in modern systems yeah I still think most of them are point and shoot, but, you know, I still remember my breathing techniques. I still remember, you know, the better stances. Uh, you know, buyer beware or, or intruder beware if you come busting into my house. But I make no guarantees. I'm not going to sit here and be like, man, I'd cap him in the head every time. You know? <laughs> so. Yes. Oh, my God. Forbidden Lands ammo system. The only complaint I have about the Forbidden Lands ammo system Although it's not really a complaint, but I understand the complaint. It's like, okay, so I'm at that, what is it, D4, I think is the lowest one? Oh no, uh, what, what's the lowest? Is it D6 or D4? I forget. It's been, it's been a little bit. But I rolled a one. Oh, all of a sudden, now I'm out? I didn't see this coming? Well, yeah, you actually saw it coming because you're only rolling a D4. <laughs> you know, so yeah, but I do, I like that. So it's generic enough to be generic, but specific enough to make you have to worry about it yeah i i absolutely love the forbidden lands ammo system i i do uh i don't like to count bullets yeah it, you know what my uh i have the character sheet somewhere that i wrote on graph paper for my uh borg that i play in riffs and yeah that i hated counting bullets as well but you know it's part of the game i shouldn't say hated it's just annoying, but then, but that's what I would do. Well, you know, after I did my action, it was somebody else's action. I'd be listening to them, but I'd be figuring out the ammo. Okay. Uh, in a real firefight, uh, depends. That really depends. Um, if you're if you're using a pistol or semi-automatic weapon, I agree with you 100. percent If you're firing burst down range, a lot of suppression fire. Uh, that's why the that's why the magazines have those holes in them so i can look back and say okay i got about five rounds left <laughs> you know so i mean but your mileage may vary i mean you fire more than i do now so uh you know but uh i i definitely agree with that when it comes to semi-automatic i'm not sure i agree with that when it comes to like you know a 250 round drum but you know again you know maybe i'm i'm just being pedantic and parsing here i'm not trying to trying to say you're wrong i'm just like when it comes to a game it's just, it's a hard set. Like we've already seen in chat. Some people want to count them. Some people are like, oh my God, no. Um, if you want to play your game as hyper-realistic, and that's not a bad thing. I enjoy some of that. Then I'm, I'm with you. Let's, let's count those beans and let's move forward. Battlelords of the 23rd Century is a perfect example of that. Perfect example of that. It's a great bean counting game. I know Crafty likes his 2D20 system. I, I don't know the bean counting in it, but he said it's a bean counting game. Um, something more cinematic like Palladium? It, did Kevin strike a, a good balance or is it too much bean counting or is it not? I mean, I, I love the fact that our chat doesn't even fully agree on that. So that's, 
Okay. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got to go through the chat for the people watching on YouTube later. This is a live stream, so. Yeah, this is true. Most game designers are just that designers, not firearms. And, and you can say that about so many things. I've heard people complain about how lasers are used. Oh my God, Garthon used to do that all the time. Like, that's not how a chemical, green chemical lasers. Oh, like, oh Jesus. And I wasn't mad at him because I was the same type of person. It's just one of those things where everything has to be real. Oh my God. And uh, because he knew a lot about lasers. It's part of his job is to know about that stuff. I mean, so I, I get it. It's, it's it's one of the reasons why I didn't play Traveler, because the MIT experts were like, oh, if you don't know how to configure, you know, uh, if you don't know how to draw a Feynman diagram straight out of your head with no mistakes and understand uh, quantum entanglement, ugh, you're just going to be too slow at our table. You know, you know, stuff like that. It's like, oh, my God, um, you know, sometimes it may be get too gritty, but that might be what you want. And that's why there's Traveler for those players. Other people are just like, can I just shoot people with space lasers? Can I? No, let me be one better. Can I just shoot people with a ray gun, please? <laughs> so your mileage may vary. And that's what's great. And, and you could look at these rules and you can say, Palladium, that's too much. I'm going to ignore them. Or you know what? I'm going to add in even more. Or I'm going to use them as is. But you can still play this game either way, no matter what, with that. So, Yeah, we can trade shots at 800 meters. <laughs> I didn't see maybe the comment that specifically precipitated this, like if there's one that I missed in there, but uh, I will risk being shot from 800 meters. <laughs> not that I want to be shot at. I'm just saying, uh, not from a sniper either, because they'll hit. But uh, I I'm talking like with uh, you know, a light machine gun. You know what? I will risk running across my room or across that uh, cornfield or something like that, because chances of you hitting me are pretty low. Not that you couldn't, though. But again, cinematic game. It also includes superpowers and technologies and people with abilities that we don't have. So, And to be fair, it can happen. And in a good setup with a DFP, with range finders, oh, sorry, defensive fighting position, with, uh, with range markers, eh, that 800 meters, uh, Peters, well, 800 meters is kind of shortened up, you know? Anyway. That's the thing. Is so much of a role-playing game is about, did you prepare yourself so if somebody should say, I want to shoot 800 meters, I'd probably say, you know, you're going to have some penalties to that. But let's use my scenario just a moment ago. You're in a defensive fighting position with range markers. Ah, that's a little different story. Like, oh, maybe you're not going to have penalties. Maybe you'll even have a bonus. I don't know. Max effective range of 1,000 meters is uh, reasonable. I looked up the effective ranges of a bunch of weapons for a game that I was uh, tweaking uh, a few years ago, and most of the effective ranges were down around 500 to 600 meters. But, I'll, again, somebody would be like, well, this weapon can do this, this other weapon can do that. I get it, I get it. Uh... Do, do, do. All right. Never play a V fighter? What is that? Oh, Veritech fighter, because you're wrong. Uh, yes, this is actually an important point. Getting off topic here, but yes. Uh, anybody who thinks that they're going to fire a 45 in his house <laughs> and not go deaf from it. Hold on, we got an intruder. Let me put my... Oop. 
<laughs> at least temporarily. I uh, So my ears aren't shaped exactly the same. People like to comment on that when they get to know me. Wait a minute. That's why you don't see me do like earbuds like, you know, from Apple. It's not deformed or anything weird like that. They're just not shaped the same. Um, and the, my left ear doesn't like to hold in earbuds. Just doesn't. Uh, or uh, just for, for whatever reason. Anyway. So uh, I had to fire one time at, at a movie pop-up target range and I, all they had were the little foamy things you put in your ear, earplugs, and it kept popping out. I'm a right-handed shooter. It's my left ear. I couldn't hear from this ear for pretty much the rest of the day because we were firing live rounds. Uh, for pretty much the rest of the day, and I could tell that there was a little, I, I wouldn't call it tinnitus, but we'll go with tinnitus for about a week or two. So, and, and I was firing outside turn that into a higher caliber round inside a house you're gonna fire off one shot and then you're not gonna know what's going on in the world around you so yeah right yeah von zark talks to me about this constantly about the price of ammo right now god yep battletech uh has some really good construction rules i agree for simplicity it, the reason I love Battletech so much is because I think it's the best. It's not the best war game because it doesn't have nuanced rules, but it's also not the best just RPG because there is a tactical build element to it. I think it's got a great middle ground. It's a simplistic war game, and I love that. And construction rules are simplistic as well. I don't do, I, I'm a 3025 purist, so I'm not talking about all the nonsense that they put in after that, but yeah. All right, good. I got to the end of chat. Well, no, it just bounced. Anyway, I'll let uh, you guys talk about uh, firearms more. So uh, there we go. Let's let's get back. Let's get into robot and vehicle combat because uh, I may have to break this into two segments. Uh, oops, I did that wrong again. I just need to slide this over. There we go. Uh, now, what we want to show off here or talk about here is we want to talk about what, what's different about robot combat? Why, why are we talking about this differently than anything else? Um, shouldn't a good game system have one set of combat rules and you just go with it? Well, yes and no. And while I think that sometimes Palladium gets a little weird with its extraordinary strength and supernatural strength and robotic strength, and you know, which I, I, you've probably heard me say in some other streams that I think just goes too far into the weeds. At the same time, you're talking a big metal object that's trying to punch you in the face. So let's see what happens. Also remember, robots are a viable power category in Heroes Unlimited. You can play a robot. So just remember that. Now, number of attacks per million combat bonuses. This is how it works. Players will find two skills that exclusively determine a robot's number of attacks. One, the pilot's normal hand-to-hand -hand combat skill, and two, the pilot's robot combat skill purchased in the robotic section during character generation. Simply combine the numbers of attack gained from each skill. Come Fine. The total number of indicates the total of attacks per melee possible. Most first level pilots with both skills will have a total of five attacks per melee round. The same is done to determine the pilot robot's combat bonuses, strike, parry, dodge. He combines them. Wow. But then again, remember, outside his robot, he's probably not a ninja martial artist, or he'd be playing, you know, a special training character or something. Not. A robot character so he's probably in this robot armor for a reason so uh the combining the number of attacks combat bonuses applies only when piloting the robot yes when outside the battle armor the pilot must rely exclusively on his or her hand-to-hand -hand skill all right 
unskilled characters in robots. If the pilot does not have robot combat training, he or she is limited to one attack per melee with no bonuses. One. You can pew pew one time. Also, unless the character has weapon systems or read sensory instrument skills, there'd be very little you can do. Think about it. And, and I am, uh, emphasize this in the game that I'm writing with, the, with how the combat works. If, just because, you know, a radar is in front of you doesn't mean you know what to do with it. You know, play your video games all you want, but you know, uh, there's a reason why we send our pilots to actual training. Because Nintendo doesn't do it. <laughs> uh, weapon selection. A robot pilot usually has several modes of attacks available to him. These may include lasers, mi uh, miniguns, or sorry, machine guns, grenade launchers, missiles, and hand-to-hand -hand combat. Weapons or modes of attack can be used in any combination. You're limited only by the number of attacks per melee and possible payload and rate fire restrictions. For example, a character piloting a robot has five attacks per melee. The character fires a volley of four missiles. Remember, a volley or a sortie is one attack. So when you fire a volley, even though it's four missiles, it's one attack. I don't know why that has to be said to people. <laughs> like, it's weird to me that people argue that that's four attacks. Like, no, it's a volley of missiles. That's one attack. Um, but uh, fires volley of missiles, fires its top laser turret, fires a long burst uh, from its autocannon, followed by another long burst from its autocannon. Specifically, notice those long bursts. And punches a villain, which is just lunged down from uh, around a corner out from around the corner all this within 15 seconds wait a minute you say this character has five attacks but this example he fires a volley of four. Oh, there it is four missiles then continues to attack four more times yes no volley okay you know what we're just gonna i'm not gonna go through this he's just saying what i said volleys are one attack now how do you strike the procedure for striking is unchanged one two three four is a miss five or higher plus bonuses is a hit there you go strike bonuses can happen because of your skills. Um, critical strikes. An unmod unmodified natural 20 is always critical strike, regardless of hand-to-hand -hand training. And do double damage. Uh, to close proximity, because you have blast radiuses and so forth. Okay, called shots. Let's look at this for a moment. Character may attempt to shoot a specific target or area. This is done by clearly stating what the exact target is before the roll to strike is made. Once the shot is called, the player rolls the usual d20 to strike. A successful roll of Above a 12 hits exactly whatever the intended target was. So if you want to hit the arm or the back, maybe maybe you're shooting at another robot that's got like a, a, a fuel cell on its back and you want to hit that fuel cell. There you go. Bruticus, for you Transformer fans, you will need to hit those three dots in the top of Bruticus. Uh, called shots can be an important strategy enabling characters to disable a robot rather than destroy the whole unit. This means a character... <laughs> yeah, it's like legging a mech. There you go. Um... Uh, so any shot that is not called will strike what is identified as the main body of the robot or vehicle, whether it's the fuselage of a plane or the, or the torso of a walker or the, just the main body of a tank, whatever. So he doesn't like random hit tables because he feels the random is too fluky and unrealistic. I do like random tables, but I get his point. Um, I wouldn't want to use it for a precision weapon. But anyway, there is actually something here. Sorry, there's one thing I think it's under... Uh... No, uh, let me put it here in case I missed it and I've already passed it and I don't want to go back. You cannot dodge four or more missiles. You can dodge up to three uh, missiles. You cannot dodge four or more. Uh, and if I don't, in case I passed that already, but uh, to roll punch full impact, there's saving throw of sorts or a second dodge to minimize damage, much like the hand-to-hand -hand combat roll. So if you're in the blast radius, you roll this and a failed roll means a direct hit doing full damage. 
uh, where is it? Uh, the player must roll. Success means the character suffers only half damage. So I, I get that when it comes to grenades and, and bombs and so forth. Dodge for robots is identical to his hand-to-hand counterpart. Okay, Failed roll means was not a success. So I didn't really need to write these rules in here, but I guess, you know, you want it all in one place for robots. I, I get it. Okay, missiles. Let's talk about some missiles. There are four classes of missiles. Short, medium, and long-range missiles, plus special mini-missiles. Love those mini-missiles. All right. Guided missiles get a plus three to strike. But it does not include any of the pilots hand-to-hand. Why? Because it doesn't matter. You're using auto-aim. You just get a plus three to strike. Okay? That's it. Uh, Many missiles are usually unguided, have no bonus to strike, except for possibly, you know, uh, the weapon system skill. Uh, so you rolled as normal with a plus three. Now, it is possible... Here it is, right here. It is possible to dodge one, two, even three missiles. Wow. However, it is impossible... That's a definitive. To dodge a volley of four or more missiles. All four or more will hit new damage. So you can't even dodge one or two of them. Okay? It is also possible to shoot a missile down. This is a big thing that I don't see done much, but I see it written in the rules. I actually don't see this done much by players. Shoot, shooting down missiles. So you can see that. Uh, we'll get that. So direct hits do full damage. Near misses, so consider blast radius, do half damage. When it comes to missiles so if you're in the blast radius and you roll the punch fall you basically take a quarter of the damage okay there we go shooting missiles so shooting depleting sdc of a missile can detonate and destroy it however there are restrictions you must have an attack available so what this is this is a defense this is your patriot missile battery in a smaller more compact form so you shoot missiles at you you're shooting missiles back to, to knock that it's an anti-missile system for, for you battletech fans how about that character must have an attack available uh to attack and uh, to, uh, yeah okay got it um can only shoot at one missile within the volley at a time volley six missiles would require six attacks okay uh which he says is impossible so you can shoot down up to four and that's only if you have extraordinary speed one or two if you're a normal person a normal super person like you know uh, a characters we've talked about in the past so if you're normal if you're normal super person you can shoot down one or two if you're an extraordinary super person with specifically extraordinary or sonic speed you can do up to four that's it and it takes one attack each and a called shot is necessary so you're going to need to roll a 15 why because you get a penalty of minus three so it's 12 but you get a minus three so in effect you have to roll 15 and if one missile is detonated, there's a 45% chance that the explosion will detonate other missiles. So that could be helpful. And uh, under circumstances, anyway, you can read the rest of it there. That's uh, dodging guided missiles. Can you dodge guided missiles? Well, yes. Yes, you can. All missiles used against targets, except many missiles, can be assumed to be self-guided. All right? Generally, most are pre-programmed to respond to specific images, you know, whatever the technology you want it to be at that time, where it can attack you, and they follow a straight course, and if dodge will fly past the character, may detonate on something behind them. This is why you have chaff and flare. You, they can be dodged. Smart bombs can identify the enemy and chase it down. They'll keep going until they find a target or are destroyed. They can actually dodge attacks directed at them. So conventional guided missiles are plus three to strike, but smart missiles are plus five. All you have to do is beat this roll, and you're fine. This one, well... Two attacks per melee until it hits. So you're going to keep dodging versus its plus five to strike. You can dodge one, two, and even three guided missiles. Dodge rules are the same. However, four or more will hit every time. Okay, so there we go. 
Uh, the terms light, medium, heavy, you know, you can read all this on your own. Fragmentation, it talks about fire retardant, fragmentation, these are special types of missiles that you could find in this game. Plasma, multi-warhead, um, it just gives you a proton torpedo for your space games. Get it? There you go. All right, uh, what's next? Do we have, oh, here you go. Let's look at the, at the missile ranges of damage. Do you notice that these damage, high explosive light missile does 2d4 times 10 damage. It's really not a lot if you think about it. Only and has five SDC. I mean, this is enough to kill a normal person. But your superhero character, even if you roll eighty points of damage, your superhero might take that. Might not. <laughs> so now you get to the nuclear warheads. Two D four times hundred. I don't think that's right. I think you. I think even if mega damage doesn't exist here, we should be sneaking up into true mega damage, like two D four times hundred mega damage. There should be a comma and a couple of zeros behind that. But hey, you know, that's just me. Especially when these superheroes can have so. This is from TMNT. This is a TMNT drawing. This is from um, uh, Mutants Down Under, isn't it? Or, or is it uh, Roadhogs? I probably Roadhogs, actually. All right. Oh, we're, we're moving on here. Two more things left to talk about, and one of them will be really short. Vehicle control and combat. Actually, let me look at chat. How are you guys doing out there? How are you guys doing? Have I bored you yet? I always still have people watching, so it looks like I haven't bored you. I think I'm going to break this into multiple, multiple segments for YouTube later on. Hey, Ravens, good to see you here. Let me scroll back in the chat. Uh, back in chat. See, do, 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 where I've been thinking about getting a 22 Magnum. Is that a good home defense round? I mean, if this is going to sound disparaging, and I don't mean it to be. If somebody's unarmored, it's a, I think a 22s, 25s, and 38s are great for women. Or smaller people. I, I'm, again, I'm not saying that disparagingly. I'd use a 22 and not complain about it. When you start talking 22 shorts, <laughs> that can bounce off things you might not want it to bounce off of uh but any gun is a deterrent so yeah i i've you've heard now if somebody's okay if somebody's on pcp or something yeah i've actually heard of nine millimeters and 45s not facing somebody on pcp so that depends i you know i i am not the type i'm not a gun you want to call it i'm not the type of person that says oh my god you use a 22 what's wrong with you but there is truth to what uh, to that statement though that you know sometimes 22s deflect especially when you have shorts um anyway let's see but but uh listen to a gun expert over me uh while, while i've fired a bunch of different firearms i know a lot of gun experts you know i haven't you know tested <laughs> uh every weapon and, and what its you know deflection values are off uh you know armor and walls i did used to shoot 22s into four by fours though what what what's going on why do you want to hit me what i do i just said hello to you and yeah and i can definitely understand this uh this concept as well. It, it really depends. I would start my wife off with a 25 or a 38, personally. That, that's me. But, you know, again, your mileage may vary. Uh, 100% agree with this. <laughs> that's 100% agree with this. I would rather lose hearing in one ear than, you know, be dead. You know, just saying. Dead. Rape, tied up, have my stuff stolen. Yeah, I said this on Viva La Fry. For anybody who watches legal channels, I actually said this on Viva La Fry's channel. He called me out for it uh, a few months ago. Uh, somewhere around the Rittenhouse case, I said, my stuff is more important than you. I don't care what the law says. My stuff is more important than you. I work hard for my stuff. I don't work hard for you. 
So just saying, you don't like that? Bad. Uh, yeah, dogs can be a deterrent. They really can. Uh, yeah, I yeah, <laughs> keeps you out of a lot of legal trouble. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Yeah, here here's the. I, I want to say up front, I agree with Shadow and Son. I agree with Shadow and Son. Now, let me be pragmatic for a second. Um, I suggest a book called Law of Self-Defense. The lawyer really drives me nuts, but what the hell is his name? I can't see the book over there. But, there, but yeah, look it up. There's a book called Law of Self-Defense. His website's a bit spammy, but, uh, but it's good stuff. He'll send a DVD and so forth. Um, and really, his point is not that he's against firearms. He carries one himself. But... Uh, He's against uh, you getting thrown in prison because you didn't know what the laws are, and every state has different laws. So uh, I already know that me saying that I uh, my stuff is more important than you is legal fodder. Just saying that, but it's true. So while I agree with Shadow and Son, depending what state you live in, your stand your ground stuff might not uh, might not be acceptable. So. I know like uh, where I'm from in Minnesota, they told us if you do not try to flee and if the person doesn't have a firearm, you will go to prison. That's why I'm glad I don't live in Minnesota anymore. Like you have to attempt to flee unless you're protecting like children or something like that. And you cannot, uh, uh, you cannot stop somebody with a knife with a firearm. And I say F that. I don't know if that law has ever changed. I haven't lived in Minnesota in like 20 years, but yeah. Uh, if I should say... Hey, you know what? Can't be tried by the dead, right? <laughs> dead men tell no tales. Uh, um, my favorite used to be Nick Ricada, but he t he's taken to eating on his stream and then talking with his mouth full of food. Andrew Bronca. Yes, that, that's who did. Yeah, Andrew Bronca. Like, I love even, you know, I don't care that Nick eats on his stream. He does like nine hour streams. But can you just, you know, swallow it first? Jesus. There you go. Yep, everybody's pretty good. Yeah, Andrew Bronca. Yep. I've actually got the book and I have the DVD for Alabama. Why? Because I live in Alabama. <laughs> I think it's good information to have. So, all right, let's get let's get back to the game, uh, to stuff here again. So this might be two full segments uh, for YouTube later on. Oh. To do a what? Keep doing a muck? What is that? I don't know what that is. Keep waiting for Legion of Myth to do a mukbang? What's mukbang? What is that? I don't know what it is. Uh, all right, let's get back to the game stuff. Maybe, maybe I'm just being dumb. I don't know. I know somebody's putting in comments. Yes, you are. All right, did it again. See, I am being dumb. All I have to do is slide this to the other screen, and I don't do that. All right, let's go back to... We've got vehicle combat, and we have uh, air and space combat. These shouldn't be long. They should not be long. So, vehicle combat has control rules. Wants you to eat food on stream. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, I, if I eat on stream, I've done it one time. And I put myself not only on mute, but I stop my camera as well. Um, I don't, you know, I'm the type of person that when I meet somebody, if I meet you for the first time and you're eating, I've already judged you. You know, there, it's just, there are things called manners. I'm not saying if I meet you in a cafeteria, but there are things called manners. So, uh, 
let me let me stay on topic here. You know, I don't know why people th- keep thinking that nowadays they get to act however they want, whenever they want. It goes back to the conversation we had on Friday about things. I think about Kool Aid hair tattoos and you know dressing sl- dressing slovenly for a uh, for for an interview. There are some things. There's social decorum. Well, I'm above that. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> so, all right, let's go. Let's go this. Let's go this. Let's go this. Let's go this. Uh, I mean, I stopped watching Bruce's stream during his game yesterday when everybody took a lunch break and they were chomping into the thing and then burping kept happening. I'm like, guys, you're in a public place. Everybody burps and farts. I get it. But I don't need to hear this on a stream. So I just stopped watching and didn't go back. But it was, it was fun before then. I want to know more about that tiger. Anyway, uh, let's go back to control rules. Automobile control rules. Talking about Bruce, as a matter of fact, Bruce is here. So, uh, hey, uh, welcome, Bruce. Uh, if everybody uh, can see him in chat, go ahead and check out his channel, Bruce Lombardo of Dick's Division. And if you're not already, you should subscribe to it. And for the people who watch this on YouTube later, I'm going to put this up right now. There you can see his name, Bruce Lombardo of Dick's Division. You can go search him on YouTube. And by the way, you should also check out Shadow and Son's channel as well. Absolutely. Check out Shadow and Son's channel. Especially if you've got kids, because you can see an appropriate way of having a child on. I mean, he's not. Not young, young, but you know, on a stream. So some people, oh my god, I'll never put my kid's face out there. Hey, that's I get it. Other people treat their kids like they're porn actors. <laughs> no. All right, let's get. What are we talking about? I'm supposed to be talking about a game here, and I won't edit that out. So the people on YouTube later are gonna be mad at me. Um. So uh, automobile control rules in a larger than life game of heroics. Now, great starting phrase there. Great starting phrase in a larger than life game of heroics. So we're not talking driving to work your mundane nonsense. Like Heroes Unlimited, drivers are in constant danger of losing control of their vehicles. It doesn't matter if you're using ninjas, super spies, after, but whatever. You're playing a heroic cinematic game. People love car chases, so they still wouldn't be done in movies, and you wouldn't have 315. What are those movies with Vin Diesel? I, which I've never watched a single one of because I don't get into cars. Um, uh, the, the drifting stuff, Tokyo Drift, whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, people love those movies. So we got to talk about combat like that, especially in a superhero game. So what happens when you exceed cruising speed? So there are typically two speeds in general terminology. Cruising speed is kind of like your maximum safe speed, your expected safe speed. And then flank speed, or I don't know what they call it here, but like flanking speed or or running speed or or, um, whatever the excessive speed is in played. And we'll find out in a moment here. That's kind of like the car can do it, but it's not the safest in the world. Fast and the Furious. Thank you, Hungry Eva. And, and Shot. Thank you very much for that. So, uh, uh, exceeding cruising speed. Anytime a driver exceeds the cruising speed for the vehicle, there's a danger of losing control. Every melee round, that's every 15 seconds of excessive speed, requires a control roll. Well, we'll get to that in a moment in road speed testing. Okay. If you exceed road speeds, not all roads are created equally. Here's something I'll tell you from somebody who's driven overseas. You can drive faster, generally speaking, on American roads than you can on foreign roads because they use a different surface. Autobahn may be a little bit different, but generally speaking, you can drive a little bit faster on American roads than on European roads. Just putting that out there. Um, if, so, uh, you know, the surface matters. You're not going to be going 150 miles an hour on a gravelly dirt road that's got used, you know, fishtailing all over the place. Now, you, so that's exceeding road speeds. You know, it's like the cops call it driving faster than conditions allow. You have exceeding maneuver speed. Now you might be going over <laughs> what the car is really able to do. 
trying to do too much of a hairpin turn, trying to do too many swerves, trying to go up and down. You just things that the car isn't made for. Driving in reverse. We're not talking driving straight up out of your uh, your driveway here. We're talking attempting driving in reverse at any speed over 25 miles an hour. You have to roll a control roll. Now, there are professional drivers in this game that add bonuses to this. That's a minus 30%, but when you've got a 90% roll, 90% chance of success, it's, eh, you know, you're okay. Just means something can happen. Poor road conditions. Again, driving faster than conditions allow. Taking one's eyes off the road. You decide that you're driving with one hand, looking out the back window and shooting with the other one. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you know, if you're not on a straightaway, you know, but it's only a 10% penalty. Don't get crazy here. And of course, avoiding an obstacle. Now, avoiding an, uh, if swerving around any object requires control roll, no penalty. Okay, don't look at that 40% yet. Involve leaving the road surface, or I will even say it's that proverbial or that metaphoric thing. You know, they've always got the, the walking the glass. You know, you're, you've got your motorcycle going down the sidewalk, and there's always somebody walking glass. You know, that would be the minus 40, okay? Avoiding an obstacle, yeah. So, or maybe a minus 25 or something. So what happens if you fail these rolls? What happens? Well, the Game Master player should roll in the following table. Well, 1 to 10, you found a pothole. That road wasn't as good as you thought. Vehicle slams into something and rebounds, or just as likely vehicle bottoms out, smashes the underside, broken in uh, pavement or a pothole. Vehicle takes 46 damage, STC, and speed class is reduced by 1d6. If you remember us talking about speed class uh, during character creation, that's uh, not a lot necessarily but it does make the car harder to control. Sometimes I will even say, hey, uh, you got a minus 10 to all control rules now because, you know, your wheel's crooked or your broken axle or something, you know. It's like, Ripley, or no, uh, was it, yeah, Ripley. It's like, it's okay, it's okay, you broke the transaxle. Um, you roll 11 to 25, you're out of control. Ends up off the road in a ditch or in some other, some other embarrassing situation, and you're stuck for 3d6 melee rounds. Game Masters, roll that on the side. Don't let them know how long that is and have them work through the entire time. The reason you don't tell them is because then they can't say, well, we'll be out in you know 10 seconds or, or you know, whatever. No. And they keep working at the entire time. Stall. Force makes sudden stop. Car stalls out. Getting it going again takes 2d6 melee rounds. All right. So I'm not going to read them all, but we will look at roll and burn. The vehicle goes completely out of control. Rolls over 1d6 time. Vehicle takes double damage. We called. Oh, my God. I can't. God, Transformer movie guy. Why can't I think of his name now? Okay, somebody will put that in the chat in just a moment. Uh, but you know, where everything explodes for no good reason. <laughs> like, you know, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. I beat chat. I beat chat. Somebody will put that in there. Yeah, we go. That's the Michael Bay rule where things just go nutty. Fuel tanks explode, doing 1d6 times town damage. See, Michael Bay always rolls 98 So, and you know there's also something to be said for people well, you know this car is made for going you know 200 miles an hour that one's not, look guys it's a game 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 sometimes simplicity is better not the model of car just saying so all right and here's some modifiers for v to v combat and we're not talking space alien lizard people v we're talking vehicle to vehicle it gives an example here of a motorcycle going 240 miles per hour down a back road in a hot pursuit. Every melee, melee, every melee round, so every round, the character must make a control roll with a minus 10 modifier. Just a minus 10? Just a minus 10, that's it. I don't know, going 240 on a back road? No. The speed or even 241 be minus 15. Every melee covers two miles of ground. Eh. 
that must be that's like a a, a back European road where it's really not a back road like we think of it in America. So <laughs> Michael Bay has cursed dice. There you go. <laughs> um, so it talks about wearing a seatbelt, how much damage you take. Hey, a lucky fall, you only take two d six damage. So. 20% chance. Vehicle damage. Vehicle damage is, is separate from your damage. You know, so just remember that. Talks about head-on. Uh, vehicle to pedestrian combat. Heroes don't do that, but sometimes you're out of control and can't help it. So vehicle to pedestrian combat. That's if you just want to run some people down. Vehicle to pedestrian damage. Vehicle combat rules. Talks about the control rule penalties. Um, you know, again, you can see that there. Loses 40%. Uh, speed and 1d4 melee actions while fighting to remain control. Remain. Regain. There we go. I can speak. Regain control or crashes. Minus 5 penalty when driving any vehicle for the first time. In other words, just stole a car. Whatever. So, gotta get used to the car, man. Melee rounds vehicle to vehicle. Don't get carried away with the possible complexities of the system. Avoid the trap of over-calculating the exact number of seconds of a car going 193 miles per hour. Oh my god. I've actually simplified the rules myself for my version of the game, but look. Usually, uh, I like this, by the way. Keep it. The pursuer's faster, it'll catch up. The leader's going faster th than the pursuer. Leaves the other car in the dust. There should be three possible conditions. One, either cars are neck and neck. One car, um, sorry, one is behind the other in firing range, or they're too far away for combat. I changed this up just a little bit differently in my games, but not too much. And basically, it comes down to the control role. What do you want out of your control role? I'm trying to get away. What do you want from your control role? I'm trying to stop him. Okay. So, you know, if you make if the defender makes a control role and the, and the attacker doesn't, well, then the defender is pulling away. If the attacker makes a control role and the defender doesn't, the defender or the attacker is able to get in front and this person's going to have to do something to swerve out of the way or whatever, but is able to block them like you wanted. If they both fail, they both succeed. They're still neck and neck trying to do whatever it is they're trying to do. Sure, you can swerve into them. And oh, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But in spite of advanced speed, vehicles have absolutely no bonus to dodge against firearms. Okay, did that really need to be said? Yes, it does, because you know how gamers are. So I'm not going to say any more than that if you can't figure that part out. Vehicle to vehicle. Smack! I want to mash into him. Every strike on a vehicle must be called. The attacker has to specify which target is being attacked. The crew compartment, driver, turret, whatever. Ramming or striking one's vehicle with another always attacks the vehicle itself. Always attacks the vehicle itself. Those aren't called. Air effect weapons like explosives, fire can attack the vehicle, turrets, occupant. The ram. Ramming is a vehicle to vehicle attack where one vehicle attempts to bash into the rear of another. Or the front, if you want to play chicken, I'm just saying. And it talks about ramming damages, how they're different based on the size of the vehicle, so forth. Also, 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 um, there is, uh, where is it? Uh, is it down here? Uh, there, I thought there was a chart talked about miles per, yeah, miles per hour damage. Oh, here it is, here it is. Head, okay, it's up here, sorry. It's up here and head on. Mike is traveling at 40, motorcycle approaches, so this is going head on. Add the speeds together. 60 plus 40 is 100 miles an hour, so the damage to both vehicles is 10 to 8. So yeah, that, if you're smashing into each other, you are about to suffer some woundage. Uh, do, do, the side swipe. When cars are neck and neck, they can attempt to shove each other off the road. Uh, works exactly like a ram, except the damage is half because you're not, you know, ramming. You're, you're just trying to knock off the road. But people have to make control rows. This is just like your cop trying to, you know, spin you out. Cut off the block. I'm not going to go through all these things. The sudden break. 
All have control rolls, minus 15%. Bootleg turn, drag racing, critical damage is optional. Oh, hey, Michael Bay, engine is on fire. And this is what happens. Um, I have used this before. I don't use it all the time. Uh, when I do like a Roadhogs campaign for TMNT, I have used this. But Roadhogs has its own, I think, if I remember correctly. So anyway. I am not a fan of car chases, so I don't use a lot of them, but players like them, so they tend to get into them. And I'm like, it's like, uh, you know. Um, one of the problems is that players try to get really picky. How high is the curb off the road? What? I don't know, like uh, four inches. Oh, okay. So it's not a flat curb anywhere. Like, can I, can I just, because what I want to do is I want to get my car on two wheels and I want to use the boost of the curbs. Like, oh God, guys, just like, you're cool. You're doing it. Make your control roll on a minus 40. If you do that, your car's on two wheels and I'll let you go. You know, uh, have fun with it. Remember, it's cinematic. It's cinematic. It's cinematic. Have fun with it. Game Masters, at the same time, let the players be cinematic at the same time. Don't get too weird with it. You know, that's that's my suggestion. It's your game, your table. You do what you want. Finally, 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 I think this is the last one. Air and space combat rules. Oh, my God. Getting to the end of this. Air and space combat rules. Air combat really only has three possible states. Vehicles can be coming together for combat, jockeying for advantage, or so far, that no uh, part that no combat is possible. I'm going to tell you in my game, even before I read these rules, this is how I set it up. I'm also going to let out a little secret. I've never read these rules for Palladium. I mean that. I'm reading them for the first time now. So, what does it say? Each of the special air, air, uh, air maneuvers requires one full melee round to perform, except for a tilt dodge, okay, which does not use any actions. At the beginning of the round, after initiative is determined, each character declares his air combat action for the round and makes necessary rolls. Sounds good. Uh, everything in my game, and uh, you know, Heathen Dog just drive Heathen Dog crazy, so it's good he's not here. Uh, when I talk about my game, what I've done is I've made everything based on the control roll. If the control roll succeeds, you do what you want to do. If the control roll fails, you don't do what you want to do. And then we just move on. You don't get the target lock. You don't maneuver. Um, you, you, I, I wanted to make it that simple. You can describe it how you want. If both make their control rolls, then the status is the same. If you had advantage before, you have an advantage now. If you're both neck and neck, you're both neck and neck. If he had advantage and you don't, that you know, and I don't mean the D&D 5th edition type of advantage. You know what I'm talking about, tactical advantage. Um, I wanted to keep it that simple. It also makes it so that people with better, pilot, better control rolls, better piloting rolls, have the advantage because they're going to make their rolls most of the time, but it doesn't mean that somebody can't get lucky, you know? So anyway, let's get back to the real game. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. Okay. This is for Raven's Lair. I will scream Garthons. Subscribe. I, I can't do it like him. So there you go. Appreciate that. God, this is a long segment. I appreciate everybody who's hung out with me this long. Uh, Player characters battling a minor NPC or number of them, game master can save time by having only the player make rolls. For example, in a successful roll to dogtail, the PC moves into a dogtail position. See, I, I don't even get that specific with it. I would say that, okay, your control roll is a success. What is it you want to do? Or you now have the advantage. I don't care. You say what it is you want to do. doesn't matter to me. It just means you get a plus one to hit or a plus 10% to whatever, or, or whatever it happens to be. You describe it how you want. Here's the game mechanic for it. You know. Uh, that's just, I'm not saying Kevin did it wrong. I'm just like, when I picture this, because I know how players get, and this can get so into the weeds. Well, as a pilot, I know that I can do this type of maneuver. You know, I got their little airplanes and the sticks. Like, like I don't care, guys. 
I don't care. I'm not a pilot. I was in the Air Force. I was a graphic artist in the Air Force. I was not a pilot. I don't know. Um, I played, uh, what was the game Von Zarek used to play all the time? Uh, Fighter Ace. Yeah. Um, this helps support larger life heroes. Uh, image so vital to Heroes Unlimited. Uh, however, tougher villains and major NPCs should always be allowed to roll normally against heroes in order to give them run for their money. Right. Evasive action. Fleeing or dodging another aircraft obstacle missile or other attack by moving out of the way. It's the only way to avoid large volleys of missiles and several simultaneous attacks first. Um, don't I have chaff or flare? Don't I have any sort of countermeasures? Yeah. All attacks are last while engaging in evasive action. So if you're evading, you have no attacks. And even unless something flies directly in front of you, but even then the pilot's minus four to strike. That's probably more surprising. Ah, did it, did it, you know, firing those cannons off, those 20 millimeters. Um, so, uh, tilt dodge. Difficult maneuver in which the pilot attempts to avoid an attack by quickly tilting or jerking out of the way at the last minute. All right. Minus 35% to perform and minus two to strike for the round. Fail roll means no dodge. The craft is hit. Notice that this isn't a uh, this minus thirty five percent isn't to the d twenty roll. No, no, no. This is a control roll. So either it works or doesn't through the control roll. Yeah, I think Fighter Ace the video game was. So my understanding of it was that it was trying to. I mean, real pilots went to that game. You'll have to talk to Von Zark on my Discord. He played it for years, loved it until they shut it down. I don't think it was meant to be part of a role-playing game, but I could be wrong. Stunts. Stunts in this game are anything you do with your car. We didn't really talk about them with the vehicles, but anything you do with your car, your vehicle, they're, they're, you know, they're, maneuver, they're special maneuvers that you do that uh, the vehicle really wasn't intended to do. So, there are, so these are sudden, severe, highly difficult maneuvers, including dives, sharp turns, dead man traps. So these are obviously aircraft stunts. And you roll, you roll your control roll with a minus 30 penalty. And you cannot attack because you're so focused on piloting and it tells here what happens should you fail your role got emergency landings doo, 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 doo. uh take damage shadow um you see this a lot in movies where it's like uh you know you try to shadow him stay you know stay i want to stay uh in his radar shadow blah 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 dog tailing chicken tactics where you try to smash into or you don't really want to smash into each other but you know what uh, we're not again. We're not going to go through all of this anymore. This this segment has been really long. I appreciate everybody hanging out. There we go. And random target tables. If you want to get into that, I I got to be honest. I've never read these rules, and I've never done aerial combat and played them. At least that I remember. I may have, but that I remember. You zoom out just a touch. Keep scrolling side to side. Outer space. Look. Really, the only thing you have to know is zero gravity and vacuum. I mean, it, it's... Yeah, okay, everything's multiplied by 10. Uh, my game actually incorporates zero gravity into the hand-to-hand -hand skill. So you have hand-to-hand... -hand, uh, well, let's use the palladium terms. You have hand-to-hand -hand basic expert and martial arts, and then you have a zero-G version of it. So, Woo! All right, guys. Wow. We got through all that, and it took, what, two hours? I'm guessing two hours. Yeah, about two hours. I'm going to have to cut this video up uh, for YouTube. Uh, thank you very much for, uh, for uh, putting up with the two hours of that. Uh, hopefully that presented, obviously it was a lot of reading, but hopefully my explanations within there presented things the way that you find beneficial. If not, well, 
then it isn't. I didn't do any example combat just because there are examples given in the book. The intent of these videos right here are to show off the books and what you get within them and talk about what should excite you about the game and a little less, you know, about the tutorials, even if we are reading them. So uh, uh, let me swap some things around here. So let's see what chat has to say. And then, wow. So <laughs> Shadow and Sun doesn't do things like jump into the microphone. Uh, so uh, again, I, I do want to point out there, the end was abrupt on purpose. One player Skyland. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't see the end myself. Uh, like I said, when you guys started, uh, took the lunch break and so forth. Uh, I unfortunately was out after that, but it was fun to watch. It really was. And then, so everybody should check out that channel again. Shadow and Sun. Who who I have on here also that has a channel? Uh, that's all I'm seeing right now. Let's see. Uh, Okay, actually, let me go back. Uh, vehicle and ship combat, I think, should have their own set of rules. Yes. Well, sort of yes. <laughs> Here's what I ran into with mine. Would you consider it vehicle combat or personal? I already have the answer, just so you know. I'm not, I, I have the answer for this, but would you consider vehicle combat or personal combat when I'm driving a car and shooting out a window? I know what my answer is, but people argue about that stuff. Well, it's really not vehicle combat because I'm shooting. Hey, fair. Okay, it's vehicle combat because I have to deal with the control roles or, or whatever else. You know, um, you know your, your mileage may vary. Personally, the driving part is vehicle combat. The shooting part is, 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 uh, is personal combat. So, which isn't a huge distinction in my game, but, but that's just as an example. Um, but again, remember, gamers can argue about anything. Have you watched my channel? <laughs> the, um, yeah, I, but for me, I did try to separate out uh, personal combat is what I call it and vehicle combat, which pretty much envelops everything. And it's a struggle. It's actually a struggle to try to have aircraft, spaceships and tanks follow the same rule system. <laughs> it's just, it can be be fun. Yeah, it's both at once. I, yep, that's that's how I handled it. So, uh, yeah, I like I like system. Try to give a bell curve. I want to roll. Like, yeah, I, I like bell curves also. I agree with that. This is why, you know, when we had our dice pool system stuff, some people don't. Some people want the flat percentage. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, also uh, how traffic is going. I've driven across country. I haven't done it recently, but I've driven across country a few, a few times from New Mexico to Minnesota, Minnesota, Maryland. I used to live in Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. Uh, drove up the I-95 corridor a few times. Hate East Coast traffic. This is one of the biggest things that I just wish more people would. I wish cops would understand this as well. If the speed limit is 55 and traffic's going 80, I'm going 80. I'm not going to be the guy on the road that's, uh, that's like, no, the speed limit says 55. Uh-uh. Cause more accidents by not going with flow of traffic. At the same time, if traffic's going... You know, 70 and a 60, don't be a dick. Go 70. You don't have to go 80. Anyway. Uh, lots of talks about driving around semis, spider ace. All right. 
What? No, nobody should see things the same way I do. <laughs> Ever. All right, let's go through the proclivities before we go into segment two here. But for the YouTube folks, thank you very much. Uh, again, the people who are chatting out, uh, chatting out, hanging out with me today and chatting on this Easter Sunday. I appreciate that. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, whoops, that, that's the end of stream. Oh my god, I'm just clicking on everything. There's our streaming schedule if you want to check that out. Uh, the purple is on Twitch. The, the red is on YouTube. Got video games, we got chill stream, which is, you know, table talk and other nerd conversations, you know, got RPG digest that people are watching right now. You can come by and watch videos on these fine websites and you can join our discord. Look at the web page. I mean, locals and buy our gear, our Legion myth merch. We have Legion myth stuff. We have RPG digest stuff. We have gaming related things, t-shirts and stickers and cups and uh, I'm trying to think backpacks, whatever the heck else that they've got on Redbubble with all types of different designs. So check that out. And of course, if you want a good role playing game, if you want a successful table, here are your three core values. Hashtag RPGate, escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism and organic diversity from natural inclusion. Play with people who want to play games with you and aren't a distraction or disturbance or break the first two rules above at your table. And with that, I am ending segment one. Thank you very much. And I don't know if I broke this down into two videos or if it's one long video. Either way, thank you for watching it. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Okay. What are we going to do? Segment one needs more slides. Well, get Heathen Dog on. Uh, get Heathen Dog on. It was like 50-50. When, when I actually talked to people about the slides, it was like 50-50. Some people were like, yeah, but most of the people who wanted his slides really thinks that he should do them for a straight-to-video stuff. And I'm like, I agree 100%. I'm trying to convince him to do that. We still haven't had, we still haven't had our talk about how we want to do things going forward. So, But that is definitely on the table. Those are, that's something I would like to see him do more of. Um, I think he's running into something right now, and, and I don't know. I cannot verify this. Um, I'm just taking it off of how my brain is processing what he's telling me. I think he's running into something where he's trying too hard to be a perfectionist, but which I appreciate at the same time. But I could be wrong. He might be spot on right that things aren't just coming out the way he wants. So um, he still owes us the, the Shadowrun. He's got the slides done and so forth, uh, the Shadowrun first edition. And I look forward to them. I said, did you look at my 10-minute introductions? I wouldn't call them uh, you know, perfect by any means, but people like them, so. But yeah, so you know, it was funny. The people who like the stream side of it more wanted us to keep doing it this way, and the people who wanted you know the YouTube side more wanted you know like the slides. And I think that's good. It gives, it gives us things that we can do, uh, you know, differently, and you know we can reach out to more people because you know some people say, "Oh, my, I don't care about my subscribers and how many I get." Well, I do and I don't. If I just wanted subscribers, I would I'd get on the five E bandwagon. Um, so no. I want to talk about the things I want to talk about. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk, Heathen Dog and I on this show are going to talk about the things we want to talk about. At the same time, I do want subscribers because sometimes I get super chats and I get ad revenue. And yes, I am going to monetize things. I am not above that. And I suggest that you do as well. Now, if you're running ad blocker, that's fine. So do I. <laughs> so, you know, I get it. I'm not going to argue with you if you do. If I really wanted to make something private and hidden and only for members, I'll do it, you know. But the point that I'm making is there's nothing wrong with somebody trying to get money off of entertainment. If you find this entertaining and useful, you, you donate money. If you find it just something to hang out with, but there's nothing wrong with that, then you're in chat, chatting. You don't donate money. 
I get it. That's that's you know perfectly fine. And I don't do tit for tat. If you give me a five, I don't give you a five because that's weird because really we both only made three and ended up losing money in the end. So, <laughs> uh, so um, is it using... Oh my God, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Time up. Is it using your zero engine? Because I am not... Uh, as people heard on Friday, I am not the biggest fan of Blade Runner. But any game that uses the year zero engine gets... gets uh, it's my thumbs up seal of approval that's I, I the one ring i get it you know twilight 2000 was kind of year zero engine ish um but i like the straight up year zero engine that was used for mutant year zero forbidden lands coriolis alien rpg so oh that's good huh then i will follow it a little bit more uh have you checked out uh what is it that uh that space station game i read it uh part of it and i will tell you one of the better written books for about the first 20 pages and then the pronouns hit. <laughs> it's like, oh man. But the first like 20 pages, I saw writing and there was like, wow, these people didn't even put pronouns in. You're like, no pronouns. That's how you write. I'm like, I'm going to love this book. And then all of a sudden it changes. It's like, some bitch. But generally speaking, it is one of the better written books that I've seen. I've got to get through the whole thing to find out for sure. Because a lot of times people write pronouns when the right word should be no word or the right word should be the not there he or his or whatever and i was noticing that in that book i was like wow these people okay it's good it's good it's good and then the they came in it's like some bitch but anyway uh so but i have to i have to read a little bit more on that one but it looked in what i liked about it is it included like space dock building or something i was like no i don't have any books that include something like that it's yours it's uh, it's free league so you know what i'll take a chance on it i, ch I chanced it that's cool Right. Um, okay. This <laughs> game format misophonia. Well, I read it and it's like, uh, well, it's funny. Crafty told me on Friday that, uh, Chicago, uh, Chicago manual style is still on the 2017 version. Like it didn't, it didn't actually update in 2021. If that's the case, then they, them is still wrong. People. Saying they in the singular is still wrong. And don't give me any nonsense about, I use the MLA. You're an activist or you're ignorant. Ignorance can be cured. There's nothing wrong with being ignorant. It can be cured if, if that's the case. Um, but the MLA, the APA, they're activist styles because of the, I write it in my blog. I'm, I'm done. You can go to legionmyth.tv slash pronouns and you can see all about it there. Um, let's, um, let's go to, uh, go to our actual segment two. So what did I do for segment two today? Um, Oh, I know what I did. All right, for segment two, uh, I decided to try a solo role-playing game. Now, a little quick background on this. Uh, I've owned the game you see on here, Four Against Darkness, for a few years. I tried it one time when I first got it a few years ago. I want to say I got it in like 2017-ish, something like that. And... I didn't make it past like the second room. Not not that it killed me. I just was bored. I wanted nothing to do with it. I'm like, this is not a role playing game. It says it's a solitary dungeon delving pen and paper game. I think that is a very accurate description. However, GM Bloodworth, DM Bloodworth, sorry, DM Bloodworth. If you go to his YouTube channel, Unscripted and Unchained RPG Reviews, he talks to um. Uh, another YouTube channel that is all about solo RPGs. And 
Four Against Darkness was brought up. I was like, hey, don't I have that game? And I, I remember, like, yeah, I do. And then I remembered, you know, what's going on with it. So what I decided to do is yesterday, I, I wanted to play a full session of the game. Uh, I'm going to give you a spoiler right now. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. But we'll talk about that in a moment. But is it as bad as I thought? Is it a role-playing game? Is it something that you could have fun doing? Who's it for? Who's it not for? I don't know, but all opinions and comments belong to the individual speaker, which is just me today. Hyperbole, satire, generalization, stereotypes, et cetera, et cetera. I love them. You should love them as well. If you're afraid of them, then you're some sort of weirdo cuck. And I use the male pronoun because male pronoun is neutered. It is gender neutral. It's still in Merriam-Webster as such. And if Merriam-Webster changes, I'm going to say they did it because they were mad at me because they're a bunch of leftist hacks. So let's let's put on the screen here for just a moment. We're not going to read this book, by the way. Uh, in fact, so much so that I'm going to keep it on that screen over there, and I'm going to be looking to the side a lot. So what we're what we're talking about is four against darkness. And what I want to show off is just generically how it's played. Now let me show you what I've got. You can see me in the little panel. You don't have to see what's on my screen. So, got my Four Against Darkness book there. Um, I, I put the characters on note cards. Just that was how I did it. I put them on note cards. Your mileage may vary. There's a there's a mapping system for the game. Now, uh, you know, I think I will blow this up a little bit so you can see how many rooms I got through, which wasn't anywhere near the end. So let me stop sharing for a second. Oh, I am full screen, so you can see I did map it out. That's kind of how it's done. Uh, there we go. Angle it better. My A4 German graph paper. I love this graph paper, by the way. Look at that. It's scored right there so you can rip it easier. It's four hole because it's German, whatever. A4 paper size, whatever. But I like the nice margin there. I need more of these. Too bad it's A4 size. I need this in eight and a half by 11. Real people paper. Um, on real people paper, I wrote my notes of like what happened in each room. Suppose you could pause it and read what I wrote down there if you want to. But uh, anyway, let's go back to sharing the screen. All right. So Four Against Darkness, it's a, it's a solo RPG. Now, I, again, I don't like the term RPG for stuff like this. I'm just going to be upfront with you. It's not a role-playing game. It's a dungeon crawl game um, that you just kind of play by yourself. Uh, what's the Space Station game? Uh, Bruce, let me... Uh, oh, hold on. Let, let, me get, let me get to you, uh, that information after the stream because I forget off the top myself. It's something like... Uh, well, hold on. This is a stream. Nothing's happened. Uh... Something about death. Uh, no, maybe I have to check my Gmail. Oh, RPG Elite emailed me. See, I need to check my email more often. Crap. I'll have to get back to that one. Thank you, RPG Elite, if you're watching. Uh, where is my free league? By the way, Crafty, I see it now. Thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm thanking you for? Uh, uh, I can't find it off the top of my head right now. Um, I, will get, I will get you that information, Bruce, uh, what, what the freely game is. So I, I, if I don't, just bug me. By the way, for, if you care, for, for Against Darkness, I do have two of the apparently uh, modules or whatever they're called for it as well. All right. So Omen Ellis says kind of like what I feel on this one. 
Death in Space. Thank. Okay, let's go back to that. That that's the, yeah, that's what it's called. Death in Space. That's the name of the game, uh, Bruce. Thank you, Hungry Ewok. So he says, uh, only issue with playing a solo RPG is may be playing a video game. May as might as well play a video game. Yes. Now this is my problem. But here's the thing. This is what I'm doing when it comes to thoughts about the game. I'm taking it out of the role-playing game context of us sitting around a table and having characters and, you know, bantering back and forth and, and so forth like you'd find it in a, in a role-playing game. And I'm just going to take it as the concept of a game that you play by yourself on its own merits, okay? Wow, it's talking about this, angering people? I just lost seven viewers, or is YouTube? <laughs> Whatever. Um, so... Going through, you play your warrior, cleric, rogue, wizard. These are different character classes you can be. I played it with warrior, cleric, rogue, and wizard. I just went that. Although I kind of found out you really don't need a rogue. Well, you get a couple of nice, nice abilities. Uh, you create, the, you create those characters, and then you buy some equipment. You start off with very low money, but you buy some equipment, and then you just kind of go through. And there are ways to level up. You, uh, you know, it will show off the rooms and so forth. Uh, just go down. Book is well written. I mean, little. <laughs> if I'm going to argue about being gender neutral, I will say it's a little pronoun heavy. Uh, the book is written properly with he as gender neutral pronoun. That's how you're supposed to write. But it's a little pronoun heavy. A lot of times he didn't even need to be said. It could have just been said the character does this, you know, but whatever. Uh, that's my technical writer coming out of me where I just be like, look, man, you can, this doesn't need to be as wordy, but it is a well-written book. There are some typos in here, um, you know, but it is what it is. Let's just move on. I'm going to just say right now, I forgot about this rule and I never exploded my sixes. I completely forgot about the exploding dice when I was running through yesterday. And it was when I was paging through the book this morning just to, or just to recapture kind of what I wanted to talk about. I was like, oh, crap. I forgot to do that. Dang it. Dang it. Dang it. So, uh, so oh, we're talking about solo RPGs, Darthic. We're talking about, uh, you know, we're talking about one particular. Uh, or against darkness and you know what they're about are, are is it a good game is it a role-playing game and so forth anyway you create your party four people you just you take four you can do any four that you want each each uh, we'll just look at the warrior each one gets a trait so the trait of the warrior is adds his level to his attack rolls can use a shield light armor heavy armor anyway basically can use anything <laughs> when it comes to armor and weaponry right and begins the game with light armor which is a plus one to the roll everything in this game is a d6 so, right off the bat, he rolls a d6 plus one. Okay. Oh, and his level is added to the armor. So, it's d6 plus two. So, right off the bat, that's the warrior rolls. d6 plus two for rolls. Um, shield. Oh, wait. Now for defense. Okay, let me backtrack because I just confused a couple things. He rolls a d6 plus one for attacks. He rolls a d6 plus two in most circumstances for defense. Because of the armor and the shield. I got a little excited there. So, as his level to attack, the sword does not, the hand weapon, the sword does not give him a bonus to attack or anything, just his level does. And the shield only counts in certain circumstances. So, starts off with gold, uh, these gold pieces, and he has six plus level. So, at first level, he has seven life. That's the word. That's it. That's all you need to know about this character. Now, there are some things you need to know about the group. Like, you have to have a lantern. Otherwise, everything's at a minus two. Uh, you can pass equipment around. You have to know marching order, and we'll get we'll get to that in a moment. So let's uh, you know, the cleric uh gets two spells. That's it. A blessing. Basically, it's like remove poison and rem and healing. Even they call it blessing. Um, if you want protection, that comes from the wizard. 
Rogues get a bonus to defense and a bonus to attack when you outnumber the enemy, which is pretty neat. The wizard can cast six spells. There are only six spells in the game. You don't take all six. You have three spells per day when you start, and as you level up, you get more. But of those six, you can pick three, or you can pick the same spell twice. Uh, I pick Sleep, Sleep, and Fireball for my run-through. Okay. And then you got Barbarian. I didn't look through what these uh, all get. Elf, Dwarf, uh, Halfling. And then here are the prices for things. Uh, I do have some bandages. I haven't needed to use them yet. Talked about the spells. You do need this lantern, and you might even want to consider having a second one if you're higher level. Um, but it takes a hand. So you only want a character that uses a one-handed weapon to use it. So no, uh, no bows and no two-handed weapons. Uh, do, 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 do. Crushing weapons are good for fighting skeletons. And everything is done based on your attack roll. You don't roll to attack and then damage. You just roll to attack. Also, only players roll. Because you're playing by yourself, only the PCs roll. Monsters don't roll to hit PCs. PCs roll defense. Kind of like uh, if you've played uh, uh, Dungeon World. Dungeon World, only the players roll. It's something, except for this is a single-player game. And, of course, you can sell your equipment. And it talks about how the monsters attack. All right, I, we're not here to talk about the game rules. This isn't a tutorial. What I wanted to look at was, here's how you start. So everything is done based on your rolls. So you're not... Oh, man. You're probably not going to be able to see it because uh, it's on the small screen. But, yes, my entrance is at the bottom there, and I, it was based on one of the rolls. Uh, I'm not even going to try to bother to do that again. I think I rolled a five, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I rolled a five because I got this. Uh, oh, my mouse is skipping around on the stream. Uh, this one. And then you just go from there. Then uh, you roll a D66. Anybody who's played free league games knows what a D66 is. You roll 2D6. One, you know, one is the tens, one is the ones. And let's say you roll a, tw yeah, just go 21. Nice square room. There you go. At the end of that entrance is this nice square room. Well, your dungeon's over because you don't have another door. There are things you can do to get around that. Um, and now you roll to see what's in there. So I would roll 2d6. And let's, I rolled a 10. So let's see what a 10 is. So after all these little drawings, the next chart, right after that, I rolled a 10. 10, oh, the if it's a corridor, which it was not, it was a room, it would be empty. Ooh, got a weird monster. All right, let's roll a d6 and see what a weird monster is. Four. What's my weird monster? That's special feature, that's special events, that's treasure, magic treasure. Vermin. Vermin do not count. They're just annoying, and they can kill you, but you don't get any experience for killing vermin. Minions, on the other hand, you get experience, effectively, you get potential experience for every ten encounters. Encounters, not minions. Boss tables, and for most weird monsters, you get one for each encounter. So what did I roll? A four? That'd be a... Uh, oh my god, I always hate to pronounce this. Catoblepaz. Catablapaz. I've actually used these things in games before and I can never pronounce them. The Catablapaz. It's a level 4 creature, which means you have to roll a 4 or higher to hit it. Remember when I said that the warrior rolls a d6, adds his level? So if I roll a d6, add my level. Well, I just rolled a 4, plus my level is a 5. I hit this thing. And I take away one life point. When it's finally dead, uh, and, and defense, by the way, same thing. Remember when I said that the warrior gets a d6 plus 2 because he's got a shield and uh, armor? Well, that's what I get. Oh, I rolled a 1. 1 is always a failure. So that means the, the old katab, katabla, the cat man, cat beast actually, it's not a man, uh, attack and hit my warrior. So we both did 1 damage to each other. 
Oh, all characters at the beginning of the battle must save versus a level four gaze attack. So even before, sorry, before that, I should have read the whole thing because I haven't run into one of these yet. Even before that attack, I rolled a six. Okay, so the warrior saved. Uh-oh. My cleric did not save. My cleric loses one life from that gaze attack. So one damage. Oh my god, I rolled a one for the rogue and now for the wizard. I rolled a two. Three of my characters took a point of damage. So, anyway. Uh, reactions, if you decide not to attack right away, if you're like, okay, I want to see what it does first, well, uh, you can. On a one, it flees. On a two to six, it fights. The thing is, if you wait for it to attack, which you might want to do, depending on certain situations, uh, it gets the attack first. So, uh, anyway, and it's pretty much that simple. You can heal. Uh, you can get quests in the middle of it. You get these things called clues. Uh, you can search, basically you search a room, so when you're done, you know, fighting in a room, or if you get to an empty room, you can do, you can search for something secret, you can get quests, you can get money, you can get treasure, um, you can get wandering monsters, just remember, there are wandering monsters, and you can get ex ec epic rewards. So it's very simplistic, essentially, uh, you know, it, most of the book is about how to draw your dungeon, and there's a big fact at the back of the book, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Can I do these things? So, uh, Here's what I would say about the game. Is it a good game? Your mileage may vary on that one. If you want to draw little maps and uh, and and move through with the, with the party, just as something to do because the power is out, yeah, I think it's a good game. Yep. If, uh, if you're just trying to design a dungeon but want to do it in a more interactive way, yeah, okay. I, I think that could be fun. I, I, I mean that. If you're trying to get any sort of role-playing experience out of this, no. This is the type of game that I would say that I would play in my car on a road trip, you know, when my stepdad rented an, an RV. <laughs> that, that's how I would play the game. I, I, and I mean that. Yesterday, I couldn't get through it. I wanted to do everything else in my life except for play this game. I got through 10 rooms. Well, if you count corridors as rooms. I just... Just doesn't grab me. Like I don't understand why this is fun. Like leveling up these characters isn't fun uh, for me. And I'm talking as a style, not as the game itself. I'm not knocking the game. If you think the idea of you know just uh, if, if you're at home bored alone and want to do something, I will tell you it is a great way to pass some time. It's not a role playing game. And I think this cover right here, solitary dungeon delving pen and paper game, is a perfect way to say it. Um, People who play solo RPGs, I don't get you. I know there are YouTube channels out there for it. Well, I can't find players. Yeah, but I'm still not role-playing. And I'm not going to interact with my mind like I'm some sort of, uh, like I've got multiple personality disorder. Uh, I don't believe that it mimics role-playing. It does mimic dungeon diving. Ravenslayer will know this one because Ravenslayer watched me stream Telengard <laughs> back in the day. If you like games like Telengard, if you don't know what it is, T-E-L-E-N, uh, is it G-A-R-D or G-U-A-R-D? I think it's just G-A-R-D. It's an old PC game. Very RNG heavy. You die a lot. Bad CGA graphics. If you like that kind of game, then you will love this. Because you don't die nearly as often in this one. Um, but it's not a role-playing game. It doesn't include tactics. It only includes party order and then die rolls. That, that's really it. And then you get some treasure from it. You may like it. And, I'm, and I appreciate that you do. Again, if I was in a hospital and I had nothing else to do, please, I don't want to be in a hospital. I, I might even ask my wife, hey, just bring me four against darkness. Then I have something to put my mind on. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know how to explain it other than that. So I'm going to see what chat's saying.
Um, but I want I wanted to talk because I had it. It's one of those things that I had that uh, for a long time I wanted to have an impetus to play. So thank DM Bloodworth to give me the impetus to play. Uh, am I going to play these characters anymore? I doubt it. But I don't know. You know, uh, I, I don't shun or disagree with anybody who likes this type of game. I just can't see anyone calling it. Oh, I play single player RPGs. It's not an RPG. It's not, no, it's not an RPG. It's a single player uh, dungeon crawl. Th there you go. Katab Pliaz. Okay, is that how it's pronounced? I've oh, got wrong one. Uh, Katoblipa. Katoblibaz. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> there you go. The one word somebody can say that I can. Uh, thanks, Ruta. For everybody out there, that's how it's pronounced. Probably. Um, let's see. Oh, Bruce is happy somebody mentioned Hackmaster. Scroll back to some of these. Uh, what are people talking about? What are we talking about? Chill out before I start my stream. Wait. Oh, uh, Bruce, I was like, I thought somebody else said that. So, yeah, make sure you. Hey, Bruce is going to start a stream. So, make sure you subscribe to his channel so you're notified when it starts. Of course, watch me until the end. Then switch over to Bruce. He's not going to do anything exciting until I'm done anyway. <laughs> kidding. Uh, I, I've heard of Iron Sworn. Now, I know there's one out there that's pretty popular that includes like hex crawls in between. I want to check that one out at some point. Um, where it's like you have a dungeon crawl, but then there are these hex crawls in between those dungeon crawls. So you actually, it's more like you're on a world. Um, I do want to check that one out at some point because maybe that will give me more of a, a role playing feel. I don't know. And when I'm talking role playing, I'm not talking the LARPing. I'm just saying this, this doesn't even have full party mechanics. It's not a bad game. It's not a bad game. I think people that if you, you just have to know what you're getting into when you do it, you're going to be drawing maps or rooms on graph paper. You're going to be rolling dice to determine the outcome of what happens in those rooms. And after enough outcomes, you're going to level up or die. If you're okay with that, have fun. I can see why people might. So. Uh, <laughs> Applebee's? He meant apple seed. Uh, See, oh, let's see with this. If you really set a solo play uh, thing, break out a Hackmaster 4th Edition Game Master Guide. Okay. That had tons of tales randomly generated dungeons. 1st Edition, uh, AD&D, DMG did it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I'm not saying you should use this for creating a dungeon. I'm just saying, like, you know, it is what it is. I don't want to disparage the game because it has a purpose. It has a role. It's just not for me. Uh... Alright. That hack is the best old school CRPG. That playing that hack? Uh, I used to like a game called um Oh my god, it was a Star Trek game. Von Zark and I used to play it in uh, in high school. Um NetTrek. <laughs> NetTrek. When you look up NetTrek online now, it comes up as something totally different. Uh, at least it did last time I tried to look it up, which is like two years ago. But NetTrek was a Star Trek spin. I always played the Romulans, of course. But uh... how are things going? Bad English aside, how are things going <laughs> with, uh, without Heathen Dog? Uh, I think they're going fine. Chat and I are talking, and uh, you know, I got through. Uh, I got through our. Uh... 
or against darkness and played in combat the people who are in chat who are here for saying well what did you guys was i okay with that combat not having heathen dog to bounce off did i keep you guys informed slash entertained slash uh interesting you know or was it just oh my god shut up get the yeah again i wasn't trying to say this for terms of a role-playing game like as in like it should replace i wouldn't even say it replaces the central casting books that i have i'm saying as a type of game where you randomly roll a room it has a quick easy rule set there you go there there are the rooms has a quick, easy rule set. Has a little fact at the back because apparently people ask questions. You know what happens when you search a room? I don't like the fact that my room's empty. What happens when you search it? Well, you can get wandering monsters. It could still be empty, or you can choose something else. I mean, it's, there you go. I, it's definitely not the, even the most complicated solo RPG I've ever heard of. Yeah, for the rule side, I agree with that. Heathen Dog stays too strictly to the book, and I go on too many tangents, so we both have our faults in that one, and we try to... Charlotte's... On the other hand, Charlotte says, uh, thought I did a good job, so thanks. See? This was brought up on Friday, too. This is how they say, the past can haunt you. I only speak bad English. There you go. I don't English good. <laughs> uh so all right uh i don't have much more to say about uh, about this i just wanted to put uh put that out there um check it out if, if that's the type of thing you want to do i mean it's not expensive i mean i think you can get the pdf either for free or like at, at cost or something like that don't quote me on that but uh i got the i got the book a couple years ago i got through one room i will tell you that the second time i played through it or i didn't the second time i attempted it i had an opposite feel in one regard the first time i played through it's like how are these characters supposed to live there's no chance in heck that they're gonna live i got through 10 wounds or wounds i got through 10 rooms and i only had a total of one three points of damage one to the wizard one to the warrior, one to the rogue. The cleric was not uh, damaged at all. My cleric leveled up in room eight, and my warrior leveled up in room four. So uh, yeah, that happened. And if I had remembered the exploding dice rule, I think I don't think my warrior would have taken damage. I think everything would have been dead because he rolled a couple of sixes that I didn't re-roll. So anyway, yeah, I only I fought one weird monster and one boss. I put the weird monster to sleep. The sleep spell worked. And that's an automatic win. And I defeated the boss. The boss was an orc brute or something like that. And the sleep went against a giant spider. Oh. What's this? I could... Uh, an empty dungeon player's jumpy parent. That would only last for so... That would only last for so long before the players would finally be like, okay, it's empty. Well, then you have to put in the real horror, right? I, I like the idea of a suspenseful dungeon. I try to run them. Hit and miss. I'm better when I do things viscerally. I'm better when I do things, you know, uh, emotionally. Like, I tap into the emotions of the characters, like through gore or, or language or something. I'm not as good. I'm not good with investigation games, or as good anyway. And I'm, you know, an intrigue. I want to be. I'm just not, you know. I try, though. And you can only get better if, you know, as you keep trying. Okay, we're going to end segment two. We're going to jump into segment three. 
And uh, if anybody wants to come in here, you can talk about Palladium Combat System or you can talk about solo RPGs. Those are the two things. Um, that's pretty much it. And then I think we're going to end the stream and then everybody should go over and watch Bruce when this stream ends. Uh, but until then, let's, let me put out the link to everybody. Copy that. Put my little branding. Segment three, if you want to join us. Maybe follow or subscriber. Pithy, get one topic or anecdote, and please watch the language. That's my job to get me kicked off YouTube, not your job to get me kicked off YouTube. So there. Now. That is the link to join us. Or join me. There's no us today. Just me. Or we'll cut the people in chat. You're joining the people in chat as well. Won't set up a what's this? Oop. I won't set up a hall full of traps to serve a dungeon. Then I had the regular amount after that. Had the thief paranoid for the rest of the game session. I can see why. <laughs> I can absolutely see why. All right, Omen Owl, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing okay. I was looking at your um, you know, when looking at the rules for all of this, and I, I really wish Palladium had done things like combo attacks and things of that sort that allow you to use it. And I did notice. And I could be wrong, but it looks like entanglement, you can only you can only have to use one action for that, and you can cause mm -hmm. the opponent to have to waste all of their actions. So it seems like a really good idea if you're a part of but, a party. But as long as you're entangling a person, you can't take any actions. Yeah, well, I thought you couldn't take any attacks. Well, okay, I consider them the same, but I, I guess I see what you're saying. I... I, I I guess if we nuance it, yeah, you could, you can't attack anymore. You have to maintain the entangle. You're not rolling every time, every round, but you're maintaining the entangle. Uh, so as long as you're doing that, it's just like grapple. Grapple does the same yeah. thing. As long as you're grappling the person, you can't take any attacks, but but the person has to try to break free. And, you know, and of course, we all talked about the uh, firearms. And, and I think, you know, I like sometimes drilling down skills, but I really like to separate <laughs> that things are completely separate between them mm -hmm. instead of trying to go, Oh, well, it's pistol, now it's revolver. And I went, unless you're cleaning a gun or a lot of other stuff, a bullet still fires from one end to the other. Now, you can say energy weapons are different because there's not a drop and things yep. like that. But I, the other part is, and I wish that they would do this, is for ranges, is to say, if you don't have a certain skill, like you have to have a sniper skill if you want to go to extreme range, mm -hmm. you have to have this skill to go to long range. I think that would make a big difference because let's, let's be honest, in most wars, you only shoot out to 100 meters. And after sure. that, it's like, yeah, you look, if you're a normal grunt, you're not going to hit anything. And, and and I think that's the problem is that it just makes combat way too lethal. <laughs> well, see, I like lethal combat myself. But with what you're saying is there, there's, uh, there's that balance between... Rem I'll use what other people say. I'm playing somebody who's not me. I'm playing somebody who's supposed to be specialized in this. I'm, in the case of Heroes Unlimited, I'm playing a superhero. I'm playing above and beyond the normal Joe. So I'm not just a basic trainee that fired, well, in the Air Force, 80 rounds. In the, in the Army, what, 1,000 rounds, whatever happens to be. I'm actually somebody who, even though I'm first level, I've got super abilities. I should be better. I generally agree with what you're saying. The way I did it in my game is I wrote down, as I looked up with as many weapons as I could, said, this is max effective range of the weapon. Here's the actual maximum range of the weapon. Your normal attack goes between short range and, and max effective range. Your 
special attack, if you want to call it that. I've got different terms for that. But basically, your extreme range attack is anything after max effective range. You can hit, but good luck. Well, and you're, and you're right. When you start going to Heroes Unlimited, you're, you're supposed to be a superhero. So, yeah, but I meant just for everyone. And the other problem was with the armor. When you start looking at AR, if I'm getting bonuses, and if you get bonuses that are plus six or something like that, <laughs> come on. You're, you're almost never going to hit the armor. I struggled with that when doing my rules as well. Like, wait a second. Okay. Or or even, let's look at it the other way. Um, I have a... a Let's say I have a plus six to attack. Now, that's pretty high, but, you know, we're talking superheroes, right? Yeah. My lowest roll is an 11, or to hit is an 11. Sorry, if I have plus six attack, my lowest roll is a seven. Basically, I just have to make a normal attack anyway to break through your armor. What's the point of the armor? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I like other systems that generally start doing... This is the problem of, you know, how do you really want to do it? Armor piercing versus bypassing. Um, you can get into where you start getting the shadow run, which kind of goes over there's There's... There's other ones that, I mean, I, I can't really say what's the best because you get the simplified D&D where armor class is just either you hit or you don't, mm -hmm. which which bugs me. You get the other point of, well, does this do armor piercing? Do you take the damage? You know, or you get like palladium. I really wish they had brought it up a lot higher so it would be harder to hit because I think five is just too easy to hit for everything. Um, the, weird, the weird thing is that you have to consider, and I, I agree with that uh, completely. The weird thing, and I think it's because he wanted people to use dodges and whatever, but uh, that you have to consider for, for Palladium. This is where I struggled when I was writing my own rules based on the Palladium system, is, wait a minute, what about the characters? Because I'm looking at this stuff going, it's very easy for a trained character to roll 23. You don't even have to roll a natural 20. You just need to have a relatively decent physical prowess and a weapon proficiency skill, and by level 3, you roll in 23s, 24s, you know, I wouldn't say on the regular, but pretty well. But what about the mundane schmuck? The person, and I'm not talking like the doofus. I'm just talking the everyday person that, that wants to shoot. That person has to roll a natural 20 to hit somebody. That's, that's why I couldn't have armors be 23. Because that person would never be able to hurt anybody, ever. Oh, I, I'm thinking for something like for Palladium is they should, either you have to add another roll in there, or you say you just take the natural die roll unless they want to take negatives. So yeah. what, what I did is I took armor rating for, yeah. I, I made my own version and I just did damage reduction. So your 5d6 weapon has kind of a penetration value. Armor will take it down depending on the type of armor to, to 4d6, to 3d6, to 2d6. So finally, you're just doing no damage. Yeah, well, I, and, I'll, and of course to shout out, because I know Crafty will love this, I like Conan in that <laughs> it, uh, it subtracts the armor, but you can take a hit that exceeds your armor. And by doing so, you just so that you lose that piece of armor. And sure, so, yeah. and and so you can take a, you know, I guess it's a ten point damage, which would you're like, holy crap! You're like, you know what? I'll let my army absorb that, but then I lose my breastplate or whatever, so that no longer becomes effective. And I oh, think interesting, okay. And I I like that because you get a combination of the two. Oh, I can mm -hmm. reduce the attack, or I could just sacrifice. It's risk reward. I yeah. I, I yeah, absolutely like that. All right, I have somebody sure. waiting sure. in. Any final comments that you want to throw out there? No, that's good. Thanks. You have a good day. All right. Yep. You too as well. Thanks for popping a happy Easter. You too. All right, How's it going? You are really loud and... <laughs> are you swallowing your microphone? No, I'm not. Is it really loud? loud? Yeah. Hold on. Let me see if it's on my end. I, it may be on my end. Oh, my God. I have you blast up to 200%. No. Why is, why is that? Did you have the last guy boosted up to 200%? No, no. It's it's done... Uh, well, I'm, I shouldn't have. But anyway. All right. Uh, what do you have? Stump Beef Knob. <laughs> That's my porn name. 
<laughs> so we uh we have a a heroes unlimited game i'll be joining very soon oh wow who's running it uh the same guy that was running the uh pathfinder game i was in about three months ago and okay he's he's not one we'd be too public about it because he's like i don't want to have a ton of people begging me to let them in the game like i just sure. want my friends in it I'm like oh, okay whatever but i uh i'm getting ready to be in this game and i thought it was kind of neat that you were doing a study on HU for for your stream. I'm surprised you're going to be in the game because I know Palladium isn't like your favorite system setting out there. No, that's a... the, the setting is fine. It's just the fucking idiocy the game is written with. Sure. And I, I hate to sound like an absolute hater, Kevin Zambada wrote a really nice game role for fantasy, and Rifts is fantastic. Heroes Unlimited, it looks kind of like a, this is a basic superhero system. And yeah, it's, it's basic, and don't expect any Superman-type characters out of it. If you're looking for something really mega-powerful, you're not going to find it. We're in the wrong system for that. I, I yeah. think it works well. I think it works better with After the Bomb and TMNT. Uh it doesn't it doesn't stand as a standalone product but my friend wants to run it he wants to run supers okay fine run supers and we'll see what happens i'm playing a person that is completely on the left and uh i have weapons what, what did you know you already rolled your character what did you roll up a mutant experiment hardware what'd you get i'm, a, I'm an experiment that oh, okay is a uh, i'm a hardcore journalist left liberal type person <laughs> Hey, I like that. Stepping out of your box, doing some role playing. And I'm going to be having weapon grafting as one of my powers. Okay, so, are you going to wear your hair? Yeah, I'm going to wear my hair. <laughs> nice. I'm going to do the hair completely. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it because it, it I'm, I'm taking the confused modernist role from my Skyrim games. I'm going to be totally into that role. And they gave me an option for like one of like 15 power sets. And I was like, I don't know which one I would want. Oh my God, that one there is weapon grafting. So I could like meld with a tank, couldn't I? And he's like, are you going to use that voice? Absolutely. That's my voice, my character. He's like, oh God. I'm like, yeah. He's like, God damn it. Why are you doing this to me? I'm like, yeah, is any of this going to be YouTubed at all? I wish. I, okay. I so badly want to YouTube the hell out of this because it would be funny, I think. And he's like, no. I'm like, so I could go up to like an M1 Abrams imperialistic tank. And I could just go and touch it, and I could make the barrel my own, right? Yeah, but when you shoot it, it takes out of your health. That's why you have the healing factor. Okay, I think one round should probably do it for most threats, though, right? Because we are playing Palladium. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn you. <laughs> I mean, that, that weapon's like, what, 3d6 times 10 damage? Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, you are if you're playing Heroes Unlimited... You might be surprised. You might need more than one shot. Uh, but yeah, a normal person or, or even an after the bomb game. Yeah, uh, that, that'll take out more than one. That's for sure. So in character creation, we, we did our, our kind of hanging out the other day. And two of the players have already expressed intent to kill my character. <laughs> so I'm doing Oh, come more. on. <laughs> oh, come on. See, it's already starting adversarial. Oh, my God. They're, they're like, why are you playing that? And I'm like, because I'm not that in real life. That's what you're supposed to do, right? I don't need yeah, and as, and as long as you, I mean, you can be something that's different, antagonistic. I'm not going to say evil, but, you know, that has these quirks and still not be directly antagonistic to the party. At some point, you just throw up your arms and say, fine, whatever. If you guys don't want to save the environment, 
Well, we but I'm going to Where else are we going to live? Yeah, but but you can still do it without dicking the party over. Just like they don't have to take everything you say as in like that's a threat, you know. Yeah. Uh, I I personally, your trope that you're that you're playing there, I, especially knowing the the little bit about you, I know in real life, I would say yeah, go for it. Like, just my my only thing is don't get to the point of being so uh blinded that you're that this is what my character would do and it ruins everything else because i have no problem stopping on you with the incredible hulk you know <laughs> <laughs> oh i picked the i picked the special powers because if i don't pick these powers maybe a right winger or crazy trump advocate would pick these powers and i don't want that so i'll take <laughs> <There you them>. go. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I had to take it, and I the 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 GM and I are are okay with this. The other players they're just really worried, like oh my god, he's he's doing what? So we'll see how this works out. I, I thank you for the Heroes Unlimited streams you've been diagnosing, and you you you've really done a good job of breaking it down from its strengths and its weaknesses, and making it to where it is a viable sounding campaign play worthy. RPG. I mean, the thing is, is well, well, Heathen Dog has more experience, and I would dare say he likes Palladium better than I do. Um, there are many good aspects to it. You know, it's like when we were talking, not you and me, but just generally speaking, we were talking earlier about the whole Thacko thing. Is Thacko the best system out there ever? No, it is not. But it is integral to what Dungeons & Dragons is. You keep it, and it works for that game system. If you really hate it that much, just play a different game. Well, same thing with Palladium. There are a lot of things that could be done differently. There are a lot of house rules. I have my own set of house rules, which has caused me problems writing my own game because after I started tweaking little things, I just said, screw it, I'm going to put in my house rules. And then I just went, lost all sense of scope after that because um, I have a lot of house rules for Palladium. I, uh, what, what is the set that you're... If you, if you have a skill... That somebody gets as a first level character, or at, whenever they get that skill, does it start at twenty five percent for you? Well, uh, in Palladium or my game? In your game? Uh, my game. It depends on uh, what type of skill it is. So, using the Palladium system names or OCC type names. If it's an OCC skill, it starts at fifty percent. If it's an OCC related skill, it starts at forty percent. If it's a secondary skill, it starts at thirty percent. Okay, so that's not two out of out of bounds and i think that's that's pretty reasonable um, no 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 no. but i but i have very like it's right now in red text and bold the player's objective is to provide bonuses and i i use this term a lot in my game fair a fair and reasonable game master will allow a properly planned character to have bonuses also only roll if there's really a chance of failure and it's meaningful yeah. So if you come up with, yeah, that 30% chance isn't a lot, but that 30% is supposed to mean you're under duress. Um, things are happening around you. You're doing it quickly, you know, whatever. And even a failed roll doesn't mean you can't try again. A lot yeah. of times it just means it isn't done yet. You know. Uh, so uh, one of the mistakes I think that people make with Palladium a lot of times, now to be fair, there are certain scenarios where this is perfectly accurate and dead on, is it's a one and done. Oh, I failed my skill roll. I blew everything up. It's like, no, 
just means you know you're trying to you're trying to paint that miniature right there. You were hoping to have it done in 15 minutes. Unfortunately, you know what? You sneezed and you your brush stroke went down the front of it. Now you have to wait an extra half hour for it to dry so that you can you know sand or wipe it out or whatever and you know and paint over it. You didn't fail. You failed for that moment. You know that that that's one of the things I try to get across to people. Now again, falling from you know a, a bad climbing roll is maybe a different scenario. But yeah, I don't like the thirty percent stuff, except for to tell players, listen, this is to represent that in the that in uh, let's say a thirty percent driving. Well, actually, you can't even have thirty percent driving roll. That's too low. Let's say thirty percent um, fly aircraft. Yeah, because you took a couple of online courses and you're trying to fly a jumbo jet now. Jumble? Jumbo jet now. You know, you put somebody in a T-38 with a, with a co-pilot on there helping you talk your way through it. Okay, now that's pretty much at the 98% level. If yeah. you're saying, you know what, you've, you've got uh, how many hours of flying time, you know, that's kind of represented by levels. I could say, look, you've got a bunch of hours of flying time in this aircraft. Yeah, you're going to be at least at 50%. And I'm only going to have you roll when you're trying to do something ridiculous. Like, hey, what happens if I do a nosedive and try to pull up with 100 feet left? Okay, now you're making a roll. <laughs> you know? I'm going to loop this Cessna. What? Yeah. Yeah, there you that. go. But, but you yeah. get what I'm saying. Like, if your game master has you rolling, you know, I've got pilot, I got these piloting skills and these pilot-related skills, and he's like, okay, to sit in the cockpit, you need to roll your uh, your piloting aircraft. We're like, what are you talking about? Stop it. properly buckled up, you need a 30% or less on your D100. No. Right. It's not, I'm, not under, I'm not under duress, but I'm at the airstrip on a training day. And I'm yeah. doing everything super slowly to show my clear sky. I've got my checklist. Uh, you yeah. know, you know, I just want to fly from, you know, this airport to that airport. That should, that should not be a role. There's not a role. That's just time involved of how long it took you to get from there to there. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not inclement weather. You're not flying through a fucking F5 tornado. You are, you are just doing a, it's see hurricane day. chasers. They make roles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I've been in I've been in stressful situations before, like I'll just say the oil field where you have a blowout, and so you have to dive under honey water spilling out from above, and you have to run to the the, the metal with a mallet in hand through muddy fucking soil and over pipes that are trip hazards. Mm -hmm. Get to the pipe and that slide fall on your ass and break your yeah. skull open. You know, <laughs> work, have somebody work the the valves to close valves and relieve pressure. Have somebody else have somebody else bleed pressure off and yeah i mean you need skill checks for that but most of that stuff is pretty good muscle memory after you've been in, been in the oil field for three or four weeks because you learn how to do it at your own pace like a, a regular pilot would take training hours and so whenever you have a stressful situation it should not be stressful it's just you go shut those valves you're screaming at somebody when you say this shut those valves you go relieve pressure over here once that valve is shut Blow that off, and then we can start breaking iron and slamming the the mallets into the the pieces to break the junctions. It's pretty simple. So now they're saying your your volume's really low. You're blowing out my ears a little bit ago. Let's go halfway in the middle. Um, all right. Well, I mean, this is segment three, so so we're going to be done here in just a moment anyway. Um, I I think you have a good grasp of how the rolling should be done. I get nervous about other game masters because I've played with game masters that want you. This was this was not Palladium. This is a different game. D&D uh, &D to be specific, but uh, I actually had somebody say, okay, roll to see if you tie your shoes. You, you're, you're joking, right? 
Yeah, I, I I just pack my bags and get the dice gathered up. We're I'll 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 will call you later, man. See you. Like, well, you might forget that in the morning. You're in a rush. Like, I'm not in that much of a rush that I've ever forgotten to tie my shoes in my life. Oops, like, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, all right, Bruce. So, what are you going to talk about on your stream today? Before I let you go here, uh, basically, we're just going to have a paint and chill stream. So, the mentality that you see me having right here, I'm going to have a few people on. If people wanted to join up with us, uh, that'd be absolutely fine. I'll put a link out there in the chat when I first start things up. And it's just going to be one of those days where my usual stream canceled on the day. And I thought I could, no, let me have Max. Because Max has got a stressful day there. He's got a heathen dog already absent. I don't want to start up just yet. Let him finish. And then I'll start my, my stream. That way everything can work as a well-oiled machine, at least within our community. Yep, oh, I appreciate that. So with that, Bruce, I want to thank you for popping in here for segment three. I will uh, try to remind people one more time to go check out your stream. Remember, um, hold on, I've got to get his name up here because he keeps changing his damn name in StreamYard. Uh, that's your channel. Uh, where's your last comment? There's a comment from you. There you go. Bruce Lombardo of Dick's Division. If you look at that right now on the YouTubes, you will find his channel. Give him a subscribe. And then as soon as I'm done here, go look for his uh, stream starting over there and i've got a bunch of video editing to do when this is done so i won't be there right away but i will be there as soon as i get that stuff taken care of fantastic i look forward to seeing you all right man thanks for popping in you have a great day you too all right okay well with that i think we're gonna wrap up the show it's two hours for that first segment i don't know what it was for the second one again thank you to everybody who uh who uh you know stayed along for that i hope it wasn't too boring i was still trying to be animated trying to be who i am uh to get some stuff in there i know i, I sidetracked a few times but uh, i hope you guys uh did enjoy that um i'm again i'm going to try to work with heathen and the reason i keep i'm not calling him out not in any way shape or form he's just better at it than i am to get him to do some specifics like Maybe run through a scenario, uh, a combat scenario with Palladium, or make a character for champions, or he's got his, you know, his shadow and stuff, you know, whatever it is. But a lot of this stuff is driven by you guys. So like, what do you want to see? Um, we get a lot of generic questions like, what do you use for a mapping system? Napkin and pencil. There you go. I, uh, um, and I'm not saying that they're dumb questions or not. It's just a, or a dumb concept. It's just, uh, you know, if you've paid attention long enough, I, I, a lot of that stuff is just like, I guess I'm kind of old school. I don't use battle boards if I can help it. I, you know, but something like, hey, uh, what's the best type of character you can make for Palladium? Well, this guy isn't going to make it because I make themed characters. I can make you a theme character. Absolutely. He would be the one to say, okay, and he's even done that for Rifts. He's actually made a, uh, one or two videos on, on Rifts. Well, my point is, uh, you know, I'm try we're trying to work to each other's strengths when it comes to that. And if you like Heathen Dog Slides, want more of it, want more of a step-by-step -step Palladium combat, like, here is the scenario. Drop us a scenario. All right, I got two guys... You know, I got a car here with a with a with a normal guy driving because I've got a gun to his head and I'm over here with a gun to his head, but I'm also trying to shoot the people behind me. Uh, we're trying to get away and we've got two cops chasing us. Uh, you know, run me through a scenario of that role or something, you know, something like that. Uh, we'll try to do that for you. Um, but uh, I'll say that. And to answer the question, I don't know if Three Orcs is listening right now, but to answer the question of uh, what's the deal with D and D with the and percent in the middle and D and D. With uh, the lowercase n, I use D and D with the and percent for anything TSR. I use the little n for anything Watsy. It's that simple for me. So there. All right. 
I think we're done. Again, let's thank uh, Bruce and Omanel for popping in here. Uh, go check out uh, Bruce's channel. Make sure if you again if you haven't already. I'm just going to put this up right here because he complimented me. And also check out that name, Shadow and Son. Subscribe to his channel. You're not look. Subscribe to his channel. Subscribe to Bruce's channel. Watch them. Miss a video of mine. I'll let you miss one, one, and then just start watching the people you like. It's good to have more people that you watch. There are people I watch now that I didn't watch two years ago, and there are people I watch two years ago that I don't watch now. It's not through any animosity. It's we all have a certain amount of time in the day. If you like what Legion Myth offers, please stay here and watch. We love it. We do this. We do this partially for us because we're talking about the things that we want. But we also do it partially for you because you guys come back. You guys are, are masochists. You keep coming back for more. And, and we put it out there. But if you find out that, you know what? I kind of like Shadow and Sun's attitude a little bit better. I like Bruce's nonsense better. Hey, then you go check them out and you watch them. So. Yeah, I think this is a... So, I mean, again, I use DND with this with the N for Watsi, and I do use the N percent for uh, for TSR. It's kind of date stamping thing. Also, I think of the little N as being more of an insult, <laughs> but that's just my brain. So here we go. All right, everybody, let's uh, go through our proclivities here, and then we are going to call it a day. No Minnesota goodbyes today. I'm going to just shut you out. I'm putting you out the door. Actually, you're kind of putting me out there because you guys can leave whatever you want. Uh, just remember, on Wednesday, Gatekeepers are going to be all about the Druid. How? What's the deal with the Druid and how can I play one or how can I have one in my campaign that's not just a hippie conservationist, always trying to preach to everybody, uh, or some extremist like, oh my god, you said a bad word about a rabbit, I must kill you and your family, you know, or something like that. It's just... Uh, with the extremes, because, uh, you know, I didn't believe it when the guy said it, but after a couple of talks and even thinking about it myself, come to find out, like, you know what? Actually, yeah, a lot of druids are played as extremists. WTF on that one. So how do we get around that? So we'll talk about that. Hopefully there's good discussion on that. And we are going to keep it in a D&D con uh, construct. So people who come in with, like, these weird things, well, this game, what it did for druids is it wasn't even a spellcaster. It was just a grave robber that, no, no, no. We're talking about Dungeons & Dragons. So um, we're, we're going to keep it in that context. So uh, look for that on Wednesday. Hopefully a uh, bunch of the gatekeepers join for that. Our stream schedule, there you go. You are watching RPG Digest right now, but you can watch Heathen Dog play video games with Mar Hawkman, Sherris, and Garthon on Thursdays and Saturdays. And you can watch me in the chill stream on Fridays. We have a lot of good, I bring in a bunch of people. I say me, but we bring in a bunch of people. Um, I keep finding out that four is like the sweet target. I'm not going to kick anybody out, but four really becomes a sweet target where enough people can chime in, enough different viewpoints. But you know what? If we have five, six, ten people, there we have five six ten people there but it's it's fun times we talk about all types of nerd stuff uh check us out for that and of course you can watch our videos on rumble you don't like youtube you don't like twitch well check out our rumble and our odyssey a rumble's cool because it actually takes some of our live stream odyssey you know that's not um but with that in mind you know hey i like them both and of course you can watch us on youtube and twitch if you want to donate to us you can donate through paypal and Streamlabs. if you want us to actually get the money if you want twitch or youtube to get the money hey you can donate there and you can look at our webpage. My whole pronoun write-up. I've been uh, people have been talking to me about that pronoun stuff again. Bringing it up, I haven't been bringing it up. Other people have. I've got a whole blog post on that on my website, and it's an entertaining one. It's not just you know boring English grammar rules. It's me calling people poo-poo names too. So uh, check that out. Um, but join us on our Discord. Uh, tell us what you think on our Discord here. We absolutely that is by far the best place uh, to talk to us, get a hold of us. I've also. Um, the YouTube, I finally started catching up with YouTube comments. I've got about 80 more to go. 
<laughs> I was at nearly 100. Uh, but uh, I will get to YouTube comments. So if you comment the last few weeks and I haven't responded back, chances are I will soon. Uh, and of course, buy our merch from Redbubble. There, that's how you do it. It doesn't even, a lot of it, you don't, like, I don't want you to know that uh, I watch Legion of Myth. Well, that's great. Buy dice, don't care about feelings. Doesn't say Legion of Myth on there anywhere. We have a whole ton of different things. We have the only good goblin is a dead goblin. I mean, that's truth, right? <laughs> go check us out there and finally remember if you want great games here are the rules you live by uh th those are that's going to be my words of wisdom right there you're looking at my words of wisdom hashtag rpgate because that's how you play a game that's how you have fun uh, spread the spread the, you don't have to say legion myth came up with it. i don't care about that spread hashtag rpgate these games are about escapism not representation these games are about entertainment we're here to have fun I told somebody today um, that, you know, saying I'm playing to have fun is a cop-out answer. I, I believe that to some degree, but, but that ultimately is what we're here for, is to have fun. So, you know what? Maybe you're playing wrong. Maybe I'm playing wrong. But we're having fun. That's what you're doing at your table. And as long as it isn't taken away from somebody else, you know, keep, you do you and, and have fun with it. And finally, organic diversity from natural inclusion. You play with people that want to play. I don't care who they sleep with. I don't care what religious beliefs are. And, and that goes on both sides of the fence. If you're proselytizing Christianity at your table, you might want to rethink that. But if you're also proselytizing atheism at your table, again, that's not the place for it. You're here to play games. We're going to include you until you break rules number one and two, and then you got to go. So, uh, you know, but I don't care other than that, who you are, what you do in life, anything else. If you're here to play make believe uh, with the uh, metal dolls and uh, clicky clack math rocks, then we're all here to have fun together. And that's how you play games. That's how you have fun. And everybody's better for it. And with that, I hope each and every one of you has a wonderful week.